What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Switch It Up Podcast, Season 4, Episode 7. My name is Tyler, joined, as always, by my co-host, Colby Moyer, as well as a special guest. You guys know him as the intergalactic pinecone streamer, podcaster extraordinaire, Morgan Remington has found his way onto our little show to talk about some things today. Morgan, how are you doing today? I'm okay, man. How are both of y'all? I think it's extremely disrespectful to not introduce Mr. Nutter as well, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> Look, hey, the protocol was he, he specifically said that, that he did not want to be uh, introduced. Well, listen, okay, I'll do it. He is also a streamer, <laughs> podcaster, cameo extraordinaire, um, Mr. Nutter. Welcome to the show. <laughs> but yeah, My other than that, little squirrel. He's, he's a king. He, he's here, so we have to introduce him as well. But yeah, Morgan, I'm, I'm so glad to finally get you on. This has been in the making for a while. Um, I, me personally, I've been following you since your Kirby and the Forgotten Land days, because I remember we picked that up about the same time. I kind of dropped off it. You kept playing it. And ever since then, it feels like I've been a part of this for a while now, so happy to finally have you on. Yeah, and I'm definitely happy to be here, man. Um, I'm just, uh, I've been through a lot lately in terms of my content creation, and, uh, you know, I think we all have, man. Doesn't it feel like everyone's, like, kind of gone through the ringer a little bit? <laughs> but uh, I'm, like, very, I feel like I've found this, like, equilibrium, like, this this measure of peace recently, so... I, I'm bring, I'm definitely bringing my best right now. Like I'm feeling real good at the moment. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I, Tyler, do you feel like we're bringing our best right now? Are we, uh, in our are we, I, are we hitting our stride? <laughs> I mean, on take two, yeah, I'm feeling all right. I'm feeling pretty good. But uh, I mean, Colby just came out with the the amazing, you know, second part of uh, his solo series on Final Fantasy VII. Definitely go give that a listen if you haven't already. It's amazing. He's gonna blow your mind with theories and all sorts that things he did not you know, I was not privy to I was listening and learning the same time as any of the other listener would be and I was my mind was blown as someone who's new to the Final Fantasy uh, lore but uh, to your point Morgan yeah it's, it does seem like like a trend uh, that some people are you know hitting some ruts but they're you know trying new things and trying to get uh, you know experimenting a lot which uh, is a good thing, you know? I feel like that's sort of just a constant process for any content creation, podcasting, streaming. Uh, I, I know you obviously have experience with both, uh, as are many people, uh, I feel, in our little circle are, are branching out and trying all sorts of new platforms. So uh, it's good to hear that you're uh, you know, hitting your stride, you're feeling good about your content. Uh, I certainly think that you're doing a great job tuning into your streams every now and then, usually as a lurker in the background of uh, doing schoolwork that never stops but uh yeah it's a real honor to have you on here uh you've been a huge inspiration for uh this season of the switch it up podcast uh in terms of quality and content so uh yeah we're, oh. we're just happy to have you on i'm gratified to hear that wow that's uh thank you and I, I appreciate you lurking man i appreciate you too colpster uh always coming in with um some wonderful discussion oh usually about stuff we disagree about but that's so fun and i really enjoy that i relish those opportunities i always look forward to them too yeah, I like the fact that we can, like, obviously we don't know each other personally, We've, but we've, I'd say, bonded a lot over the internet space, but I think it's really cool that we can disagree on almost everything and still be able to talk about it and walk away at the end of the day, and, and walk away at the end of the day and be like, we both learned something and we're both better for it, so I think that's really cool. Uh, I just had one question, because I guess as a guest, we'll 
season four, we'll do Tyler. If you want to ask one question, I'm allowing you to ask one question because I am limiting myself to one as well because we have things to talk about. So, Morgan, what's been the biggest gain since you started streaming? Like, what's the thing that you think about every day that you take away and is like this is by far been the coolest part of this? Um, definitely the conversations that I have with people, and definitely when there's more people in the chat talking to me because whereas I think some people some I think some content creators who are as small as me because I'm still very baby steps right now um, I think that there's a tendency to maybe get a little nervous or a little scared when you get a giant raid or when you just have a bunch of people watching you because you just happen to be playing the right game but I feel as though right now I'm kind of on the precipice and I see what's next because I've had a few really big raids recently where I have just for a brief few minutes that taste of what it would be like to have like 80 to 100 people watching. I've had a taste of that, and I feel like I'm even better than ever when that happens. It just hasn't happened a lot yet, but if I can get there, I feel like there's going to be a precipitous increase, not only in the quality of the stream, but the quality of the conversations we can have. And it kind of gives me this hope that we can get there one day because I've got it in me. I'm good enough. It's just we have to we have to earn it. We got to do the hard work. We got to put the hours in, increase awareness. Once these things happen, success is not, you know, success is never guaranteed, but it's certainly now a thing that I can make shape of. It's there and I see it and it's real. It's not a delusion. You know, gone is that way of thinking for me where I think to myself, I'm not really a streamer, I'm not really a podcaster. I'm just some amateur. I'm just some rank amateur. That's not a, th a factor anymore. There is a reality that I can see that exists. I just have to reach it. And I think that, for me, has been the biggest takeaway that I've had so far streaming for the past eight months. Spoken like a true philosopher. Oh, my God. I was about to say, absolutely inspiring dialogue, monologue there, Mr. Pinecone. I, I mean, judging by your streams and what I've seen and what we've talked about, it sounds like you like that is incredibly accurate like you're not speaking out of your ass here that sounds like what like i can see that in your content you trying to achieve that every single you know every single stream every single episode so uh it's just so cool that you're on here man i'm sorry i'm i'm, I'm fanboying out a little bit <laughs> <laughs> i see colster over there with a shit-eating grin on what's up big boy <laughs> nothing i just think no tyler's having a blast just imagine we actually get to talking about things oh yeah yeah I'm glad to be here. Well, I guess it's my turn for the question then. You only get uh, one. I, I know. <laughs> I, I was. Th I, I have one locked in the chamber. Don't worry. Perfect. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, still a bit more on the, I guess, philosophy train that we're sort of starting up here, uh, Mr. Remington. Uh, would you say? And I know this is the answer to this is like a, you know, it's a it's a spectrum or it's one or the other or it's not. It's a mix of one of both rather of these options but would you say that you're more of a you know take it one day at a time type of person like you know focus on today don't worry too much about tomorrow until it gets here type of person with your you know content creation or are you more you know future planner you know planning things out way ahead of time and, and getting things you know ready and uh you know for what for what comes next i mean, or do you think there are different points in your content where you were one or the other or at least favoring one or the other uh what, what are your thoughts on that okay so at the beginning uh that's exactly the mindset i had we'll see what happens today maybe i'll catch a few people today and we can talk for a time that was acceptable 
Um, but the more real that this has become, and now that money is changing hands, and now that there's statistics and trends, now that I have information, I can't really do that anymore. So I do have to go in and look and see what's working and what's not. And recently, I've kind of come to this realization. I think that being a variety streamer is not going to work at this time for the kind of growth I'm looking for. I would love to sit here and play every Nintendo game that I would I can possibly play. I would love to do that, but you know, there's people that will come in just for Monster Hunter. There's people will, that will just come in for like something like Castlevania. There's people that will just come in for Pokemon only and then they never show up again. Never. So I have to look at my stats and think, okay, I have to make, I have to actually plan and I have to actually push forward in a direction because every now and then when you do play one game or one genre, right, you get kind of a crowd of people and they don't always stick around because nothing, you know, no one is going to stick around always. But every now and then you get a couple of people and this becomes the base of your community. People who are like, no, nah, I don't care what you're playing, dude. I just want to be there, you know? And we have people like that now. I can think from like two or three different games where there's people that now are just here that I can always count on to be there. So right now I'm focusing a lot more of my energy on Monster Hunter and Retro because I need to play retro games, I think, for my mental health and my sanity. I just, I love retro games way more than modern games. And Monster Hunter is more of an addiction. I, I would never be able to stop playing Monster Hunter, even if I freaking wanted to. I, I couldn't do it. Um, so that has helped. Like, for instance, I started playing Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate recently, right? And we met immediately. We met like four, five, six, seven people in one stream. It was like, oh, this is good stuff. And now they're going to come back, and now we're going to build on that. I get to play my retro games. I get to do my Mario World, my Bing Bing Wahoo. And at the same time, <laughs> you know, we get to have some some guys that are like frothing at the bit like, Morgan, did you see the new update for Monster Hunter? And I'm just like, calm down. I've got this. We'll, we'll get there when we get there. So you do need to plan some of this stuff out. It's um, I think for some people, maybe that may not <laughs> sound very exciting to look at your graphs and to look at your trends. And I, it may take away from the joy of it. I do know certain streamers that say that they're only there for their own gratification, but my ambition, I think, is a lot higher than that. So I do have to kind of play it by ear now and make very uh, specific plans in the future. I mean, love it. Again, spoke, spoken like a true. Like, We're getting the That's good exactly stuff the type here. of response I was expecting. Thank you. Uh, it's... I, I, think for, I think I can speak for Colby a bit on this, is hearing things like that from content creators and podcasters alike... Uh, it's so interesting because I, you know, we're we're new to this sort of thinking, you know. Like I look at our graphs and I don't know what the fuck to make of them, honestly. Uh, Colby and I have conversations we're like, why did this episode get like three times the amount of views or like, listens than this episode? And for me, I I'm just I just feel like I'm lost in the dark when I'm looking at these and I'm like, what? It just seems random to me. But you know. When, when you are talking, like, you know, you're looking at patterns that you haven't, you know, just different angles that you didn't consider before and doubling down on certain things, it's, I feel like you speak for a lot of, uh, you know, indie uh, content creators and up-and-coming uh, content creators when you, when you, you know, outline your, your thought process like that. So uh, I, I just think that's really cool. Thanks for, thanks for sharing. Yeah, no problem. It's hard to get noticed out there. You, you two are doing a really good job, you know. You, um, you, you're, you're consistent you have a very strong through line and Nintendo's hot right now. So this is, you've got a lot of pros in your favor and the consistency 
will will bring people in in time if it's a quality product, which it is in my opinion. So, um, you know, you just keep on doing what you're doing, and I think you're going to be very, you know, well rewarded. We'll try, man. We'll try. (laughs) Uh, I do realize real quick before we get into the to the meat of this episode that we've kind of been speaking, you know almost for you about your show and what you do uh, if you want morgan which i feel like we should let you do why <laughs> could you directly tell the people you know uh, what you are uh, you know who you are what uh, your you know your content creation entails and and just a, a quick summary uh, of you since we've been bombarding you with questions and and all this yeah so uh, my name is morgan remington i i am over at twitch.tv slash intergalactic pinecone i play a bunch of retro games and i also play some monster hunter if you come over there i'm streaming most days at around 3 p.m pacific standard time and i play a lot of monster hunter but i mainly talk and it's a very talk heavy and chat heavy sort of stream it's 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 sort of the anti-twitch stream where i'm unfortunately a lot of my most prolific clips that have a lot of views are me yelling obscenities, but that's not a very good representation of what the stream is at all, because it's actually a very calm, very chill place where you can have a real discussion, in my opinion. So it's it's really good, and I've been at this since January, and man, we've we've got a lot of people now, and um, it's really exciting. Dude, we're almost at a year. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> that's insane, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and I believe you also started... Uh, we can cut this out if this is confidential or anything, but you just started up a new podcast yourself, right? No, we are uh, cutting this out. This podcast. is competition. This we is, this this is this <laughs> direct competition. Yeah, we no, are censoring this out. You, you start a new podcast called uh, A is X, right? A Nintendo podcast. Yeah, I wanted to see... I, I took a personal challenge from uh, another podcast I listened to where they were saying that they didn't think you could make a really high-quality, news-oriented Nintendo podcast every single week because there's not enough to talk about. So I kind of took some issue with that statement, and I decided I want to see if I could do it. And, um, you know, I think it was good, but the numbers are really, really bad, even by my podcasting standards. I've never been able to make podcasts work for me. Um, And I think my talents really lie more being a guest, being more of a supporting character, person. It's different in my stream, because in my stream it's like, I talk to people and they talk to me, but if it's a podcast, and if it's information-dense especially... I don't know. There's something about that that's not reaching people, I think, the way I wanted to. So I don't know if that's really my calling. But I wanted to give it a shot, see if I could do it. I think it's a good product. But, you know, I think uh, it's. I think Nintendo, even if there isn't news specifically every week, there's still so much to talk about in terms of, like, what's going on in the ecosystem that I, I think there's definitely more than enough for material for a good show. So that was kind of my inspiration for that. Gotcha. I just felt like we would have been remiss to not mention that, but uh, I mean, yeah, with us branching out into solo projects, uh, it's certainly just to have someone else there at the very least to talk about and just, you know, shoot the shit in between the news, even if there's not a lot there. Colby and I are, I think we might as well be infamous at this point for saying like, this is a slow news week. So uh, (laughs) here's what we're doing on the podcast today. So yeah, but yeah, Colby, any, any any thoughts on that? I feel like I've been hogging the floor a little bit. Nah, man, you're good. Um, uh, no, not really. I mean, I think everything's kind of that has need to be said for this part of it's been said. I think we're off to a fantastic start. All right. Well, fantastic, fantastic. Well, again, uh, heartfelt welcome to you, Morgan. We're glad we can have you on this episode. So now 
uh, I suppose we'll get into the meat of the episode, which we are going to start off with Pokemon. Pokemon Scarlet. Ugh. Less than 40 days away from release worldwide. Oh, that's worldwide. disgusting. <laughs> November 11th, I believe, uh, uh, is I, the... Is, is is, right? I, thought it was Black no, I thought it was Black Friday. Oh, it might the big, be... ho the big holiday release. Yeah, I think you might be right on that. Sorry, I... Yeah, we're a Nintendo podcast. Yeah, we have a release day for Pokemon. It's less than 40 days away. That's uh, true. But uh, marketing has definitely been picking up. There have been two trailers now in pretty rapid succession uh, dealing with... Does that worry you? <laughs> Does that worry me? There's been like two trailers in like three hours, it felt like. <laughs> it is certainly weird. It's definitely a strange I don't remember spacing. Sword and Shield getting this push. But that is... I don't know. It feels like... My memory's bad, so I'm the wrong person to ask. Um, I don't but remember either. Considering the content of the second trailer, which we'll get into, it seems it's really not that much in the second trailer. It's a bit more of a gimmick trailer, if anything. So, honestly, we can treat all this information as sort of one information drop, which I okay. think uh, would be an easier time. But we'll still go through them like chronologically, and we'll separate the two. So, uh, I, f I have notes here on the main uh, things that I saw in each trailer, sort of going through chronologically. So I f they're in bullet points, so I figured I'd go over each one, and, if, and you know, we'll all talk about certain things that caught our eyes that we disagree on, and we'll have a discussion. Sound good, everybody? Sounds great. Yes. Fantastic. Okay, so the first trailer we received was a 14-minute one, pretty beefy, uh, with a lot of new stuff uh, and some stuff that we've already seen before. So we'll jump right in. Uh, this trailer sort of structured around like looking through the eyes of like four possible like train like actual like player trainers that would be going through the world at any given point in the story and time etc uh so the first one we just see running around uh battling a lechonk uh with his partner quaxley uh, we get a better look at the new battle ui you know the the design of the menus and the battle interface uh, how terastalizing works in battle, which we already saw a bit of, but now we get to see it sort of a full sequence of Quaxley. I believe terratyping into a, its own water types or just making water types moves that much stronger against this poor pig. Is um, it like, um, is terastalizing your own type like a, um, oh my god, a stab, basically? It's like it's like a double stab boost. Like if you so terastalize like in your own type, yeah, something like that. I don't think we have the exact multipliers yet. Uh, we can only speculate, but it does just increase the stab of uh, that I, particular type of move. I should say, for those who don't know stab is, same type attack boost. If a water type uses a water move, double the damage, which... Uh, yeah, that, that it's 1.5. Yeah, 1.5, maybe a little less. Yeah, that goes... 1.25. Is it 1.5? Okay. 1.25. 1.25, okay, so we could... Right, yeah, and that goes for all types, so just so people know what that is. I should know this. I was battling in a Pokemon, in a like a VGC tournament today, uh, but regardless, so we got to look at uh, after that, you know, some stuff we've already seen. Sort of traversing the world, uh, we got to look at fighting wild terastalized Pokemon. These are not raid terastalized Pokemon, which we saw in a previous game, or sorry, a previous trailer. Uh, these are they seem like static encounters because the Pokemon doesn't move around a lot. They're sort of like tucked away, seemingly hidden. But with this glowing golden glow coming off of them, sort of uh, indicates where they are. Uh, but in this case, it was a Jigglypuff sort of tucked into a rocky outcropping uh, in a sort of dry, arid region. And they walked up to it and initiated a battle, and uh, it was Jigglypuff terastalized into a water type. It starts the battle terastalized uh, into uh, 
a seemingly rare type. These wild terrestrialized Pokemon seem, at least are implied by the trailer, to have rarer Terra types than normal uh, instances of their species. So, But in these wild uh, Terra type battles, it's just you against the Pokemon, uh, and you... If you do enough damage to them, they will drop their terrestrialization form, revert to their normal form, and at this point you will be able to catch them. So it's sort of like a miniature raid, a miniature terror raid uh, that you can find and play by yourself around the around the world. So uh, interesting mechanic. We'll have to see if, you know how frequent these are, if they are the same static Pokemon in specific locations, or if there's like a table for like what how they generate. But you know, interesting stuff to speculate on. Uh, anything from you guys? Because uh, I know Morgan, you watched the trailer just before this. Colby, I, I know you did not. Uh, but a- a- anything on on uh, what we've talked about so far? I um, I'm assuming the way it's going to work is that certain Pokemon are going to be there at certain times of the day or certain days of the mm-hmm. week. Static mm-hmm. encounters. That way, it's easier to kind of. I don't know if it would be the same exact one, but maybe like a pool of Pokemon will be in certain locations at a certain time. Something that they can, you know. Uh, cycle through eventually i i don't know what the worth i don't know like how important it's gonna be like to get a jigglypuff because here's the thing this is where my issue with terrestrialization comes in it's like it's a jigglypuff so i don't care if it's a rare terrestrialized jigglypuff that thing sucks it's bad you're never using that it's terrible and so even as a wigglytuff it's terrible so like the majority of the roster doesn't mean like, am I going to get excited or jump for joy if I see a Wigglytuff with a psychic terrestrialization? I don't think so, dude. Like, a lot of that content, as cool as I guess it might be, maybe I could only see that working in a Nuzlocke of some kind. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it wouldn't... My counter to that would okay. be, though, like, if you see, like, a wild, like, Raichu with, like, a psychic terrestrialization, you're like, oh, shit, that's awesome. So I, That would be awesome. It works in ebbs and flows, I would guess. Like, obviously, it's not going to... Probably start the game terrestrialization Pokemon like aren't because they're they're all weak in the beginning, but like the further you progress, I feel like it's that's where you're gonna see the payoff, and it's gonna it'll be cool to see like what type of Pokemon's have what terrestrialization types. I guess like my my whole thing with this is that the the more every every generation now we seem to get a new gimmick, it, and each gimmick kind of exposes to me that there's like a core flaw with the the base gameplay of the series. I wish every Pokemon could be usable in some way. And it's a shame that they don't seem too interested in that. And I feel as though, like, a lot of the meta and a lot of what Game Freak is making themselves runs is counterintuitive to the message and vibe of what Pokemon is. And it's a, it's a shame because you've seen other companies make this work. Like, I think Monster Hunter Stories is, like, kind of the example of, like, an anti-Pokemon, you know? A Pokemon-Pokemon game. With, with, po- with, with, cre- with creatures that have much more detail and a much better-looking map... I, I just feel as though we're getting really close to the point where I would like to see back to the drawing board. Like, really, Pokemon Legends Arceus was that step that I wanted to see. A good first step, you know, the strong style, agile style. That really did change a lot of the game for me. And uh, it's a shame because it feels like we're, we're making some steps forward in this game and some steps back. And it makes me just kind of more interested in, I wonder what spinoff will come after this. Because I kind of already feel like I've played this game. I feel like I've played violet and scarlet already yeah, well i wonder if terrestrialization will really be that tight after all but i'm, I'm ranting go ahead <laughs> no it's all right uh i can't say that i agree with you on all your points but this is the re- you know we can have discussions like that we're friends we're, we're fine 
but I don't know. Maybe this is the optimist in me, but I mean, not every, yeah, yeah, shush. Uh, there will never be a point in Pokemon where every single Pokemon is going to be, you know, meta. But that's just the nature of competitive, not really the nature of... That's just the nature of, like, how competitive games work, you know? Because you can use any Pokemon that you like. I mean, there's a whole character in Johto, the Elite Four Karen, that embodies this entire argument, you know? Strong Pokemon, weak Pokemon, that's only the selfish perception of people truly strong trainers win with their favorites uh you know the pachirisu that won worlds by tanking a draco meteor is the perfect example of that and Hmm. like i've used wigglytuff before wigglytuff is one of my favorites not because you know i always use it in every game but because you know in the spin-off games uh like pokemon mystery dungeon my favorite game he's a great character and I got a shiny Wigglytuff, and that was a cool experience for me, and I got to use it interestingly. I tried even using it in competitive, like, it's a Stealth Rock set, and, uh, you know, setting up light screen and reflect and stuff. So, I don't know. You, you're, we're at the point right now, like you said with the Monster Hunter Stories 2, uh, Monster Hunter Stories 2 has, you know, a minuscule amount of monsters compared to Pokemon, obviously. That doesn't make it a bad game at all. That allows them to put more detail into each creature and into each of their, you know, p- their potential for battling and etc. But we're just at a point where Pokemon's draw is just the sheer amount of creatures that it has, you know? And sacrifices, I feel, do have to be made for that in the case of not every Pokemon's going to be as strong as the next. But I do okay. understand your, uh, you know, your frustration with it. Uh, I know my roommate shares your exact same belief, and we have talks about that all the time. But that's at least my... Uh, opinion on it but uh, Pokemon is definitely Nintendo's Call of Duty that's for sure at this point it's getting there uh, yeah I, I can see that analogy working but regardless uh, if we <laughs> we should probably move on before this takes up the entirety of the episode uh, but I'm sure you know obviously we'll have conversations on many more things in this trailer but uh, after the wild terrestrialized Pokemon uh, were showed off uh, we got to see the new Let's Go command, uh, a new auto-battling feature to send out your lead Pokemon to fight wild Pokemon on their own and pick up items. Uh, your Pokemon will seemingly still lose a bit of its HP and presumably power points when auto-battling, uh, but you can just send it out. You don't have to go into a battle. They'll automatically do a battle for you, and then you'll get your XP and items from it. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, what, what, what do you guys think about that? Because that's kind of a big change. Oh my god! This might this might change my entire perception on this game. Because of I don't being, have to do anything. Yeah, no. You just say you point at a target at a wild Pokemon walking around, and you say, you know, let's go. And your lead po- party Pokemon will go out, fight it, and uh, presumably, if your Pokemon has, I assume you can lose if you send out like a really like a level one against like a level fifty, but. You know, if you awesome. have your good type matchup, you'll still lose some HP. I assume just a calculation is made based on maybe what move sets each Pokemon has. I assume you'll lose some power points based on what move the game decides to choose for your Pokemon to use. But you just send it out. You don't got to do anything. It's a few seconds, and then it comes back to you. Do you think that if the Pokemon loses, it, you have to go pick it up? It's just laying there on the ground. I assume <laughs> it will just return to your Pokeball from a oh, distance. that sucks. That sucks, but... <laughs> No, this is a cool feature. I mean, this definitely... I mean, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like Pokemon's a big grindy game because it's not anymore. Not really, anymore. But, yeah. 
But yeah, this is a cool feature if you just want to, you know, buff up a little bit before certain bosses, I guess. But this is going to be great for the nine-year-olds. They're going to love this. Uh, this is true. I mean, I feel like this is another because Pokemon has always sort of had a bit of a slug, like a sluggish issue. Yeah, they're trying where, something, know, which is cool. Yeah, because like in, like Arceus tried to remedy this by making battles like super quick. Like you throw out your Pokemon, just add a wild Pokemon. It's like a two second animation. And you're in the battle, as opposed to you know the two battle arenas slowly sliding into frame Damn on the man, DS. Man, man. One, I was about to say one Pokemon cry, other Pokemon cry. Menus come in and then you battle. You know it takes a while, but now it's you know super snappy. And for you know in Arceus it was super fast. And, you know, all the move animations were also sped up and really quick just to get to the meat of the battle and get it done. And now in this game, I guess the, this Let's Go seems to be their solution. So I'm excited for it. I think it's an interesting way to, you know, just mitigate the just constant, you know, grind against wild Pokemon if you're trying to grind some extra XP. Uh, Pokemon also drop species-specific materials now, so... You know, you don't have to go through an entire battle to get, you know, some materials that you want for a system, which we'll talk about later. But, Morgan, what do you think about this, about this auto-battling system? You might as well have this in here. This is probably, like, a really good idea. There's really not a whole lot to Pokemon battles. I mean, we all, we've all, we've gone through how many generations of this. I think right. it was time to put something like this in there. We all know what we're doing, man. It's good. Let's just get it over mm -hmm. with, you know? <laughs> yeah, And yeah. Uh, it's, it's like, it seems like the focus of the game is really to explore more. So you don't really have time to disengage from what you're doing. It, it, it makes more sense if you're thinking about going to each area, looking for materials or items, engaging in different disparate stories. You just throw your Quaxley out. Yeah, just yeah. go go take care of it. I don't have time <laughs> to think about that right now. It works for me. That's good. Uh, I think it's in keeping with this new direction they're going in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I think that's I think that's a good like uh, the way you worded it makes it seem like it was a very you know carefully calculated decision based on what they're going for with the entire feel of the game which i feel like is a good sign that you know game freak is going in the right direction with this game but again i have been wrong before i will not give any guarantees uh you know whereas colby is very much like they are somehow gonna fuck this up no they're no, no they're cooked. What. they are a cooked product my man yeah i know i'm I'm cautiously optimistic. What a what a great listen. I will right? never I will never try to tear you down for defending and buying these games. Just you just need to hear me out. I think I think they're washed. No, I <laughs> I I think that you have a very valid argument, and I share a lot of your beliefs. I, I'm sure many of the regular listeners know. I mean, every BD, every BDSP every... just ruined my life. Like, oh my it just, god! Like it, it, BD, BDSP exists. Like there, I want to time jump to the universe where that doesn't exist and just see yeah. like fly and just see like flying cars and these ultra modernized cities and yeah bdsp was just a disgrace and it makes me terrified for the inevitable gen 5 remake but that's not that's a different conversation yeah let's not yeah, get into that yet i, I don't want to think about that either <laughs> if i see ilka on the oh <laughs> oh yeah they really did not do their company name any nah, favors but oh for oh for one Regardless, that's a different game we're talking about. Scarlet and Violet, happy and everything. Yay. It's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you can also send out your Pokemon to pick out pick up items off the ground. So I assume there might be certain places in the world where you can only send like a certain Pokemon out to get an unreachable item. Uh, things like that. So yeah, that's that's the auto battle feature. Uh, next thing they show is, you know, open world staple. You get a map of the world that you can set waypoints at. Uh, I don't think 
we haven't seen any fast travel systems or anything. Uh, oh, they'll but, be there. You know, it's an interesting world map. You get to see, I think it's, there's like a little, I think on the mini-map version that you see on your HUD when you're playing the game, uh, you can see nearby, like the icons of nearby Pokemon and where they're moving. Uh, in this trailer, we actually saw uh, three different Pokemon in that mini-map radar that have not been revealed yet. Like, we got to see what they look like. Uh, there's like this, it almost looks like the rock mushroom power-up from Super Mario, from like Mario Galaxy is one. Uh, there's like this green, uh, almost like parrot type, seems like a bird Pokemon, and then like a white a white mouse Pokemon. Uh, very plain design, but you know, you know rounded features. Uh, what's up, Colby? I was gonna say, do you think the fast travel system for this game is gonna be like you hop on the legendary motorcycle and be like, do you want to hop on the interstate and you time travel via <laughs> yeah, interstate? I was gonna say to you have to take the to, to close the city, the, the fast travel exit. Do you want to take exit forty three to um, <laughs> Twin Leaf Town? <laughs> Yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> um, I feel like they're... I don't know. It depends on how big the world is. We really haven't gotten a sense of how big it is yet. But, you know, with the amount... Because even Breath of the Wild had crazy movement options, and there was still a fast travel system. So I assume it might be, like, Pokemon centers you can fast travel to, uh, since they're now, like, gas stations out, like, in the wasn't middle of the Wasn't world. that in the um, DS games? That's where the f- HM Fly took you to the nearest Pokemon Center in that town? Uh, I was about to say, yeah, you could fly to towns with Pokemon Centers in them, and I believe some exceptions. Well, I was uh, saying they, they literally drop you off at the Pokemon Center. I thought yeah, that's they drop they you off at the Pokemon Center, so okay, it, it yeah, would make that's... sense. Uh, but in, in, you know, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, I believe the only games to do this, you can just hop on Mega Latios, and you can fast travel to just routes, you know? You can go that's wherever cool. you want, but you just have to physically, you know, know the map enough to to uh, guide the legendary Pokemon to it, so they need, they need to make uh, that thing where you can just fly your legendary Pokemon as fast travel. Like, look at me, I'm 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 awesome. I mean, you get the legendary Pokemon of these games seemingly right at the beginning of the game. So, oh, uh, well, do we want to talk about that? <laughs> sure, we might as well talk about that. While we're talking, Morgan. About what do that. you think about that? You're not going to be able to battle with them for sure. Definitely not the, for a, a while. Not until like the end of the game. Yeah, for sure. You, but I think I, it, I think they just look stupid. That's all. <laughs> I will. Bu- they just I look will, incredibly dumb. I will buy this game day one if you could throw out your legendary Pokemon against your rivals level five. <laughs> First battle. Yes, that's I the easy. Buy, that's the easy mode I, of the game. I will buy. Yeah, I will. I'll play on easy mode. Oh, no shame. I will buy this game <laughs> day one if like you throw out your and just uses Hyper Beam immediately. You know what they should have done? They should have made this a strand-type game, like Death Stranding. You ride the legendary Pokemon and set up highways and roads and stuff, and then you explore yeah. the world that way. That would be I'll really cool. Sign me up. Yeah, That I'd sounds pretty decent. That. That's a good. That, that's a that daring sound, synthesis. That, that is quite the daring combination, I will agree, but somehow I feel like it would work. That's now like that third... Yeah. Like, with the Legend Arceus format, that's, like, third base. If Legend Arceus is first base, that's, like, third base. So we got to figure out what second base is then. That's true. Then we need, get, a, then we we'll need a connection there. point. Game Freak yeah, needs Steve, to build up the confidence to do that. Yeah, Steve just pops up in the second game. That That's that's the bridge. <laughs> Super Smash Mon. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, like, with the movement of the legendary Pokemon, because you can, like, glide. They're ba- it's basically a Master Cycle Zero on steroids. So it, it'll be interesting to see what types of movement options and fast travel options you'll have. Uh, but again, we can only speculate. So, yep, there's the the map, and checking the map, the player character that we're following right now goes to raid a Team Star base. Team Star being the is that their uh, name? evil team. Yeah, Team Star. Yes. Oh my god, dude. Okay, we've clearly given up. Uh, evil team. 
evil team in heavy quotes. They're just rebellious youths. They're just they're just rebellious students of the same school that you go to. Remember when these guys assholes. were cool? There is no doubt in my mind it's another red herring team, like Team Skull or Team Yell for the real evil team that comes team later. Team Yell's just a bunch of Marnie fanboys. Yeah, that's probably what this is going to be. Yeah, that, that definitely was. Anything is better than Team Yell, so right now they look fine. We don't know a whole lot about them, but apparently they have fucking outposts and bases around this place. They have, like, it does look pretty ramshackle. Like, there are, like, tents in the middle, and they're, like, you know, water coolers and chain link fences as their, like, boundaries. So I think it's just the theme. It, it's really strange. I don't know why there are just these student-held bases of operation. But regardless, you can storm them as a one-man army and take them on. Uh, this is different from regular, like, storming evil team bases in other games where it's sort of, like, in phases. So the first, when you ring, you know, when you go in, there's, like, an alarm bell. They're like, hey, someone's raiding our base. And all the grunts come out and start throwing up Pokemon just all over the place. You know, simultaneously. And in this first phase, I don't know if this is for all bases or just the specific one that they showed, you have to use the auto battle feature to take down a certain number of these Pokemon before a time limit runs out. Uh, I did mention before that the auto battling in the overworld acts, you know, you can only send out your lead Pokemon uh, when you do the command. But in these bases specifically, it seems you have your whole party at your disposal. So, you know, uh, you know, Pikachu, go take out that flying type. Okay, I'll use my fire type to go take out this one. And they're all auto-battling at once. You have to keep throwing it out against these different Pokemon until uh, you reach the certain amount that you need. Uh, Based on the time limit, because in this specific demo, it was like you have nine minutes to take down 30 Pokemon. Uh, And the, the player completed that in like two minutes. So this is probably the easiest of the bases. It's probably the first one you come across. I assume other bases, if they have the same structure, will be, you know, tighter time limits, stronger Pokemon, things like that. So you'll need to, like, throw out your team members against specific Pokemon first or, uh, you know, prioritize threats that the Grunts throw out that you need to get rid of before your Pokemon take too much damage, etc. So that's just all speculation, but it's based on what we saw uh, in this trailer. But once that is done... Sorry, go ahead. do you think that as your Pokemon are auto battling, the player character will be able to like knock over their water coolers and like poke holes? In their <laughs> yeah, tents? just like vandalize, you know, spray paint on the side of the tent. Yeah, you guys suck, and just, yeah, I like that. I, I wish that Throw should be mal- DLC. <laughs> Throw a Molotov cocktail. Yeah, day one DLC. Sign me yeah. up. Uh, but it, I don't know. It does run the risk, I think, of being a little too non. Uh, what's the word? non-input from the player because i don't think the player character like the player character can run around but while the pokemon are auto battling even though it takes a few seconds you're not really doing anything so i feel like the auto battles have to be really fast paced and you have like constantly recalling and throwing out different pokemon for it to be like an actual challenge but we'll have to see but after that phase you get to fight seemingly at least again not sure if this is for every base but it's for this specific one you fight the leader of the uh what was it fire team so uh, this person is called Mela, uh, M-E-L-A. She has a strange character design, but she has these like giant fucking boots that take up like all, like nearly the entire of her character. Like Sora. It were no, like they are like knee high boots, like thigh high boots, but they're so gigantically wide with like as Morgan calls them, stompers in the middle, yeah. clompers on. 
<laughs> like they are actually like you would die if they they look <laughs> like they weigh like fifteen pounds each. Um, but her knee just yes. her knee just buckles after she takes one step. She's goes yeah, down. seriously. That's why she rides on the top of this like tricked out hovering car that comes out of a garage uh, in the base after you defeat all her grunts. But you know she's the leader of Team Star's fire team, which implies that the existence of other teams and other leaders. So these are probably the admins uh, of this team. Not sure how many teams there are yet, but uh, she battles with a Torkoal. So obviously you know fire team, fire Pokemon can set sun all that stuff but what's interesting about like the animation of this is that in the battle like the torkoal is like on the like you're f- you're faced up against this fucking car so torkoal's like elevated above the ground on the hood of the car firing down moves at you which is really cool uh but yeah it seems like a regular pokemon battle uh we didn't get to see it play out they transitioned they're like leaving us on a cliffhanger for how it ends but yeah that's that's the base rating mechanic and a assuming these are going to be around the entire region so first impressions morgan i know you've seen it firsthand colby you've just heard my descriptions what do you guys think of that seems very much like an ubisoft style base camps everywhere get collectibles get items mm-hmm. and very little input very little thought required i'm assuming it'll be just another checklist item that you need to get off your um your little, your sheet mm-hmm. your your collectible sheet there there's three storylines is that considered one of them these bases uh, or yes. is that so, something different yes uh rating the team star bases or at least fighting them directly seems to be the main basis of one of the three storylines okay. uh, the other being you know gym challenge standard the third one being this sort of scavenger hunt across the region for certain items fighting you know these titan giant pokemon along the way I feel, okay. like we're, I feel like we're... Okay, go, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. You. I was going to say, I feel like we're heading in the direction of these enemy teams becoming optional. Like, completely <laughs> optional. Like, it, feels like we're heading, we're, it feels like we're heading in that direction, because, like... I don't know. Like, the, to, to date, to sound really old, the games I grew up playing, like, they were the... And they were the main... They were the main storyline. Like, taking them out was yeah. the main thing. But, you know, after finding out the team yells bunch of k-pop stands like i i feel like we're on our way out here as far as like team star you know if we can just i mean this is why i want to vandalize their stuff so they don't mess with us anymore we can just get this optional thing out of the way that's true it, it does seem like their bases may block like major roads or maybe you know entrances to new but they, areas but, but they can't do that if the gyms are you can do them in any order you gotta be able to go to every city whenever you want this is true it seems like you can like interweave the three storylines together, like do you know, certain milestones in each of <laughs> the, them. The only camp they have set up is like blocking the path to like get the legendaries full power. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you can walk around them with the mobility of the legendaries that are at your disposal. I'm sure that not every base is going to be like blocking something. You know, some of there, them might just be in the middle of a field. But there is something that they mentioned in this trailer. Now that we're talking about the bases, it makes a little bit more sense to me. The We know already from one of the interviews that there's no level scaling. So levels are set. So if you were if you were to try to go to like the final gym at the beginning of the game, you wouldn't be able to do it. But something that they mentioned when they showed link trading was go into the grass and use your let's go command to train your Pokemon and level up. So conceivably... Somebody could play this game with the playstyle of just co-oping with their friends and going to these bases and then just leveling up in the grass around the bases and then 
maybe they don't even go and tackle any gyms. Maybe somebody just, maybe it's a little bit more open-ended than we think, and you can just kind of do whatever the heck you want, you know? And, or maybe you could go and start with, like, the sixth gym because you've been sitting in the grass or clearing out all the bases on the island. Maybe you got a team of level 50 or something Pokemon that you just, you know, not even mentioning, just trading with anybody wherever you want, whenever you want, you know? There will definitely be people that grind. Like, it'll be like that one video where the guy in fin- the original Final Fantasy VII stayed at the train state, like, stayed at the first seven until <laughs> he reached level at, until he reached level 99. That They'll oh do that God. for this game, too. It took him oh, 500 yeah, hours. Sure. i have no doubts and that's an interesting that's an interesting point like how open-ended does this go you know like where's the ceiling so you know that's a good point to bring up i'm glad you brought that up because i hadn't thought about that before Uh, but you know moving on to the next segment moving swiftly along 44 minutes in uh we have tm crafting there's a crafting system in this game guys it's an open world game for sure now uh but yeah, at, at every Pokemon Center, seemingly, uh, there's this thing called that is just canonically called the Technical Machine Machine, or just the TM Machine. Uh, yeah, no, it's 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 perfectly silly. But at the Pokemon Center gas stations, uh, you can take materials that you get from wild Pokemon, either by catching them or battling them, and transform them into TMs. Uh, the user interface is really cool. They're like icons of like a Pokemon use ta- like using the move in action and the type of the move and the number of the move in the top left corner. It's really cool. Uh, and seemingly this implies that TMs are going to be single use again because now you can craft them. Uh, which, you know, Pokemon just loves fucking with the TM system like every single game. Like Gen 5 is like, oh, hey, they're infinitely usable now. Uh, and, you know, in Gen 8, they're like, oh, we have, you know, unbreakable ones and breakable ones, and you can choose, and now we're just, I, it seems like we're just back to all breakable ones. We're going back to the back to the olden days, but now you can craft more of them, so you don't just have one Earthquake TM use in the entire game of, like, HeartGold or something. They heard so, everyone complaining about the new games not being as good, so they're like, well, how, well how, can we make the, how can we make the old games relevant again? We got it. Let's break the TMs. I think it's an interesting <laughs> system, depending on how much, you know, depending on how resource intensive each tm is i think that'd be a really cool way to give your pokemon interesting move sets you know throughout the game still and because in the olden games pokemon move sets were much less malleable you know because you had very limited options to change them out but in you know in these recent games you've been able to really like completely switch around like a pokemon's whole strategy if you're going up against a certain battle or certain gyms so uh i think this would be interesting based on you know, because some TMs you probably won't be able to craft until you reach a certain area where certain Pokemon drop certain materials. So, uh, I still think they're going to keep that malleability, but while still keeping a sense of like, you know, this is somewhat limited. You know, you may only have a limited amount of uses before you're out of uh, materials and you have to go get more. So, what do you use at this specific time? Which Pokemon do you use it on? You know, I, I think it's a cool. I think it's a cool system in, in on paper. So we'll much much better than the Sword and Shield trade in BP points or whatever. Yeah, yeah, of course. That was lame. It was lame as hell. Yeah, and getting TRs from the really bad Dynamax raid battles. Uh, I think I like the system, at least in theory, more. So, uh, But, yeah, that is TM crafting. Uh, next thing to show is fighting the uh, gigantic cloth that we saw. Jeez, they show the back. whole game in these two trailers? I'm In this one, it showed a lot. But I'll say, Are you sure the treehouse wasn't just a live stream of them playing the game? <laughs> uh, it would have been pretty pretty great if they did but i feel like they would have gone through the same points like it does go through like all the three main storylines uh or at least like a certain parts of them so it's a very in-depth trailer but 
yeah, they fight the Titan Cloth, so this giant uh, cloth uh, that is hanging off the side of this mountain. Jumps down in the cutscene and starts a battle. Seems like a regular Pokemon battle, like it's just 1v1. You know, the, you know, there's no shields or anything, it's just HP. And, the you know, a Drifloon is easily able to take it out. So, seems like an early encounter. But, the Cloth flees before you kill it. Sorry, faint it, knock it out, etc. Uh, the Cloth flees when it gets to red health. And I don't think, like, even if a move would have one-shotted it, it would stop at red health so that it would leave. But it seems like you might need to, like, pursue these target Pokemon throughout an area. Maybe they evolve, like, in the middle of a chase so they get stronger. Or maybe they go to different areas that have different, like, like effects or battle effects. So it seems like, at least for the Cloth, it'll be a chase. Don't know if that'll be for every Pokemon that you fight on this last one. But uh, this is part of the storyline... Uh, called, I believe, the Path of Legends, where you have you're working with an upperclassman friend of yours, uh, Arval, I think. No, Arval's the someone from Fire Emblem Three. They crossed over? No, no, it, it can't be. Uh, one of your upperclassmen friends. Keep, keep them far away. To find these like like mystical herbs called Herba Mystica, or like these le this legendary plant seems. We got a brief glimpse in a previous trailer. Uh, it seems like, you know, there's like crisp, they're almost like crystal like, so this might be the origin of like terastalizing, like the phenomena in this region. So this might be the deeper, like, lore side of the, of the three main stories. At least that's what I get from the first impressions. This is like kind of where it all falls apart for me, man. That Drifloon really just had his way with that thing using Icy Wind. Icy Wind is like a 40 base power move. Like, 55 is there... actually but yeah high <laughs> oh, critical okay. hit ratio i think uh lowers the really? target speed actually yeah oh, okay. so yeah we're making the case against you pal he melted that thing no wonder well I just <laughs> icy wind did like a like it kept it in the green but then it used it like what terra beam which is a new special attack move that oh, changes yeah, types to its terra type and then just fucking destroyed it i don't know that's this that seeing that kind of gameplay sort of brings into my head like what's how can we reinvent this franchise? Because this is not fun. And, and like I, I think about these systems and I think about these improvements they're making, and I do think on, on on the face of it that it's all very good stuff. But the moment-to-moment -moment gameplay is still essentially the same thing we've been doing for many years now. And we're even streamlining it to where we don't have to battle the majority of the time, I would assume. So at what point do we say, let's strike out and do something completely brand new? Because this is not very... For me, anyway, this is not very engaging stuff. I don't know where the fun comes in. Competitive is a whole other thing entirely, but, like, I would have hoped from the Game Boy days we would have come a lot farther than this, further than this. Uh, I feel as though this trailer really specifically annoyed me because it was kind of, like, so... It was so different from the other Nintendo trailers. When you look at a trailer for other Nintendo games, you feel like you're looking at a fucking new game. You're like, whoa, what is this? With Pokemon, I feel like th they don't want to take chances because even the chances they take in this game, they feel more like tweaks. And there's always like asterisks. There's always like, how do you explain this thing that they're trying to, this small detail that they're they're manipulating? But I, I, I just want us to, to have something brand new, brand new, because this is not engaging stuff anymore. Obviously, for many people, it is. So I'm in the extreme minority. I just wonder, like, when will there be something different? I, I can't imagine streaming this game. It sounds so boring to watch. It was boring to watch the trailer. I I 
I'm, I'm highly curious about how this is going to do, and this is like the biggest question mark of the year for me. And I think Pokemon's probably Nintendo's least interesting franchise, personally speaking. And this trailer really sold me on that, especially with the voiceover. Especially with the fucking voiceover talking. Oh, man. You should have watched it, Colby, just for the voiceover. Yeah, that, that was I, rough I have to listen to. to. The, the voiceover wasn't great. They're never great. This one was not great. Uh, I mean, I get what you're coming from. I do. I really, really do. And I agree with you, even. You know? Like, Legends Arceus was, like, my favorite game, or, like, top well, five of this year, because it was just different from what we've been getting. And that's What's just that it. And that's just it. Um... The answer to your question, where they going to change, is never, because the mainline Pokemon games aren't made for us anymore. Like Sword That's and Shield, Arceus games like Arceus, games you know? like Arceus are made for us. Like yeah. something different, something harder, something unique. It's funny because my neighbor, who's my neighbors, have like kids who are like eight and six, and I was going over to dogs for him this weekend, and when their eight-year-old son has a Switch and he has Legends Arceus, and I asked him like, "Did you like it?" and he said, "No," but he's like eight years old, so he doesn't. You know, if if we if we put Scarlet and Violet in front of him, I'm sure he'll love it because it's really simple. Like, and that's those games. Are, those are the, that's the audience that they're trying to reach because those are the parents that are buying Christmas presents and putting them under the tree and printing 15 million copies sold in a month. So, mainline Pokemon is never going to change. It's just not made for us anymore, which is again why I'm so out on just mainline Pokemon games. Like, I was more willing to listen to the debate on Arceus for getting that, but. It's not going to change. I mean, the stuff that's going to change, like they're at, they're making the game easier. There's auto battle now. Like it, it's it's not made for us old men. Let's just let's just come to grips with the times here. I think that, I th- I think kids, because we were kids when we played the originals, kids like to be challenged. Kids like things that are challenging because they want to feel like adults. If they made a Pokemon <laughs> game, because honestly, I don't think we've come that far from the Game Boy games realistically speaking there's tweaks there's things that make it easier but we haven't come that far in terms of core mechanics uh, besides any weird idiosyncrasies like you know the battle systems being messed up in the previous gen- gens but i feel as though if they made a classic style pokemon game right now kids would still love it classic like gen 1 gen 2 because you don't need to have all the answers and you don't need to win instantly there is, um, I think, just a natural curiosity that kids have when there's something that they don't know how to handle it or what to do. And we experienced it firsthand when we first played Pokemon. I, I, I just wonder if games like this that really hold your hand every step of the way don't nip a little bit of that imagination out of the, you know, nip it in the bud. I would like to see instead of all this streamlining, instead of all this simplification, I would like to see just something maybe a little bit more pure. You know what I mean? Because kids can handle it. Kids can handle it because we were there. We we are the example. I, I, I agree with that. I I, I don't know. I mean, it's, I mean it's hard. I sorry. Go for it, Colby. I, I'm still. I, I was I was going to raise the point. I was just going to raise the point. Like I don't know if they do want to be as challenged now as they and I guess they I mean us back then did. Like I, I think if you pulled ten eight-year-old kids and Tyler, you can relate to this and had them battle against red and they lost like how many of them do you think would go back and challenge them versus just put the game down the like today in this day and age i would say i think most. more of them are putting it down and being like fuck this and like this yeah. is, we can't beat we can't beat this guy whereas like the feeling of beating red is like you're, you're literally on top of the world 
like that 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 I think is just gone. Like I remember Cynthia boat raced me as as an eighteen. <laughs> she she boat raced me last year in BDSP. Yeah, like I yeah. like God, she was really hard. Like I just wonder like. I would love to see like a kid's like live reaction just getting absolutely dusted by Cynthia and just <laughs> seeing what happened. It's certainly a hard feeling to materialize. Like a lot of it is based on feeling, you know. It's hard to put into actual words. I've struggled with that exact concept of putting like these types of feelings into words and it's something I think about a lot. I think it's really interesting when I try to cuz I'm very passionate about this and I try to talk to people about it and it's hard. I constantly trying to reinvent ways to like tell them about it and it's hard but you know times have changed but pokemon still fucking shits money you know they don't have to change anything that much like sword and shield is not a great game especially not in pokemon like in, in amongst its brethren it is not great but it, it already has fucking well. shat money dude like it's crazy. Number four selling game on the Switch. Like they, you know, if sold if more than Odyssey, result, which is criminal. Yeah, yeah right. That sucks. That's a but, federal offense. Like Legends Arceus, you know, that did like spark my wonder again because there is something about Pokemon. You know, there always will be. I don't know what it is. It's just you know a vibe. Maybe it's all nostalgia. Maybe it's just completely nostalgia, and that's the thing that I'm talking about. But. At least for us who've played it, I feel like there will always be that thing about Pokemon that is, you know, there is the pure potential of it, you know? I think Arceus drew a lot of that out. You know, it, it tried something different, and it was so... And just the refreshment of that, I know, brought so many people back, at least to be interested in it. You know, Colby, I almost got you to get it. That's that's rare. I was uh, holding in it our, in my hands and put it down. Yeah, <laughs> but... <laughs> You know, it's it's just sort of an inevitability that it's not going to change that much. I think, you know, they will add a new gimmick, obviously. I think terastalization, again, on paper, is a lot better than a lot of the previous It's already better than Dyn- Dan- Dynamax Gigantamax. Yeah, because, you know, it... Nothing can be worse so, than that. It's, yeah. it's more, you know, it's not just adding a whole new thing. It's more like building upon... You know, the tried and true battling methods, you know, type, type matchups, you know, stab, uh, resistances and super effective hits. You know, it adding a third type to the mix or a swapping of types is very, it just, it's just more natural to the system of the game. And, you know, it can be used offensively, defensively, support oriented. Uh, there's already so many strategies that people are coming up, like the Invincible Shedinja, Pokemon with Levitate. Uh, changing types are going to be, you know, have a lot of immunities. Uh, it's the creativity I've seen in the community, at least for this uh, feature, is so much greater than I've seen in, like, you know, Gen 8, where everyone just wanted to ban Dynamax because it, just, it was just so overpowered in, like, singles and stuff. So, at the very least for me, I don't know. I, again, I'm an optimist, and I think that you guys are right, but I'm still going to get the game because I'm I'm just a lifelong fan, and I feel like that's sort of the case for most of those millions of sales, you know? They're just going to get it because they're fans. Like Pokemon is people that. Should demand, uh, Pokemon's people that should game. demand better for themselves. They really should, but they're not going to, but they should demand better for themselves. And yeah. when it comes to more um, granular talk like this in a podcast, 
you know, I think I understand. I think we all understand. Of course, these games will sell well because the gaming now is bigger than it's ever been, and it keeps growing, right? But I just feel like if you're listening to a podcast or if you're getting more in- ingrained in gaming culture, you really should demand better for yourself because this is you're spending your most precious resource to play a video game, which is time. And if you're spending that resource, you need to be enjoying what you're doing. You need to be loving what you're doing. And I find Pokemon to be one of the most challenging games to stream because it's impossible to care about what's happening on the screen. There's no stakes ever. Even like like people have to make their own challenges with the Nuzlocke thing. And I just feel like at that point, that's people taking the rules into their own hands. That's not really the game design itself. People, the community is doing the heavy lifting on that. So for me, I, th- I feel like seeing this trailer didn't exactly instill hope because it's the same thing that we see every time. It's just small tweaks, small tweaks. I wonder how the open world, the biggest question mark for me is how will the open world actually change things? And um, I think I will get this if only out of morbid curiosity, but this is probably the last chance I'm giving them. There's no more chances after this. Oh, no, shield burned me bad. Come to the other side, brother. There's green over here. No, yeah. I think Pikmin looks like a much more com- Pikmin Four looks much more compelling to me than this, in my opinion, personally. <laughs> There's been nothing shown on Pikmin Four. <laughs> yeah, that logo, dude. That logo, man. Oh, he's getting a Metroid <laughs> Prime treatment over here. <laughs> a t-shirt. Got a Did logo you see that logo? Yeah, Miyamoto. The logo. Killing it in that shirt. That little flower, man. He was right there in the middle making the four. The little Pikmin flower. Inspired. <laughs> he, did, he, he did the thing. He did it. I am. I mean, hey, we could probably argue about this for hours. How much more hope. Pokemon do we have? It's really, we've had this for days. So we're, a lot, so we're going. We're getting there. Holy shit! Next thing they show is uh, Artisan, the town with the Grass type gym leader in it. Uh, this one's a short section. They just show off the gym challenge, which is gathering up all the really low frame rate sun flora that are hidden yes. around the town. Yes, it looks. It looks horrible the, the <laughs> 15 moving, frames we're like moving at 15 frames a second it was bad yeah but did you notice the windmills also weren't running at full yeah frame i was gonna say either? the windmills didn't look great <laughs> i mean it's a at this point like i'm just numb numb to it it's pokemon like that that's ugh. it's it sucks but regardless uh we get to the gym battle against brassius the grass type gym leader uh and he sends out a pseudo uh obviously not a grass type but terastalizes it into a grass type uh, which, you know, do you think very... it's con- do you think it's concerning that in these trailers they're not showing region specific Pokemon? Uh, we'll get to a region specific Pokemon in a second. Actually, I mean, this is this you said you've said tur- the the, the tur- Turt and um, Sudowoodo. Neither of those are Paldia region Pokemon. Is anything that's a little concerning that they haven't shown those yet? No, cause, I mean they've shown off a lot of Paldean region Pokemon. Honestly, they have. Well, Jim, Jim leaders must think they suck because they're not using them. <laughs> well, Sudowoodo, I do not think is his ace. Uh, oh, it'd be awesome if his team pro- Sudowoodos. It would be funny, but you can only terrestrialize one Pokemon at a time, so I assume they're not. Uh, but I mean, that's just that's just such a cool thing, you know. A Sud- you know Sudowoodo, a Pokemon that always tries as hard to be as plant like as possible in its you know biology, and then. It actually can become a grass type in this game, uh, and I think that's a cool little thing that they threw, a cool little detail they threw into the fight. He should break the fourth wall and be like, "I caught this in the Johto region by pouring a flowering can on it." <laughs> I was about to say he, he's Ethan. He's the, oh shit! He's the protagonist. Ethan. <laughs> wow, Ethan, you really let yourself go. Oh my god! Uh, but I remembered you. I actually did jump the gun because before we got to this town, they revealed a new evolution for a old Pokemon. 
Uh, actually, another denizen of the Johto region, Girafferig, gets an evolution in this game. <laughs> Colby's face right now, I'm looking at it. He's just like, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, he's, a, he's, well, a, from, he's a cow and a giraffe. He's cool. Hey, honestly, for me, this was cool. Long time for me, this was pretty cool. Yeah, long time coming. You know, everyone loves when old Pokemon who aren't very good get new evolutions. So, uh, Girafferig evolves into Ferrigiraffe, obviously another name that is a palindrome. Uh, so that way, it's spelled the same way forwards and backwards, just like Girafferig. Professor Rowan's gonna have to update his research because it's no longer nine ninety ten Pokemon evolve to don't evolve. <laughs> that he's gonna have to get back on the saddle and do some work. I mean, Oak's been a fraud for years, so. Yeah, it's true. He's not going to stop now. But Ferrigiraffe retains its normal psychic typing. Uh, it looks more like an actual giraffe, uh, you know, biologically, but it's like the tail has sort of become the head as well. So, like, this, the spiked head of the tail sort of covers the uh, the head like a maw, like an open maw. And I believe it closes around the head when it does, uh, like, psychic attacks. Uh, and it's just, a, I think it's a really cool-looking design. It took some getting used to. Uh, once I first saw it, but now it looks really good. And the Pokedex of the Paldea region, once you uh, register a Pokemon to it, actually has like pictures of the Pokemon in their natural habitat You know, at, when you register them, so it's a really nice user interface. It looks really nice. Uh, but yeah, that new new Girafferig evolution, I am just a lover of normal types of all kinds, so I'm very happy about this. I'm probably going to use it on my team. Yeah, I like Girafferig. He's pretty cute. He looks like he's wearing a little space helmet. Yeah, right? It, it's it's so cool. And, like, the eyes glow green and, like, the spines in the back light up when they do their psychic attacks. It's very well designed, I think. Pokemon has never really struggled on character designs for Pokemon or actual humans, really. So that's at least one thing that you can sort of rely on is that they're going to have really good designs. But uh, after that, we get some stuff on trainer cu customization, lots of options, you know, seems like a lot more than the last game. They always sort of just add more and more options to this. Never a bad thing for more customization. And now you can even, you know, change the size of your eyes in a hair salon. So, you know, great things all around. Uh, after that, we see, you know, there's a photo mode. You can take selfies with your Pokemon. You can take pictures of the environment, update your profile picture on your uh, trainer card. So it's kind of like the league cards in Sword and Shield in that way. Uh, again, another cool feature, a little detail, but still cool. Uh, then this is a big one, Picnics. So this is the new Pokemon Camp slash Pokemon Ami uh, equivalent stand-in, whatever, for this game. This is where you can interact with your Pokemon team. You can make bonds with them by, you know, playing with them or... Uh, washing them is a new mechanic. You can like give them a little rinse uh, with this thing. Uh, but you can also feed them, just like you could in Sword and Shield with the curry. But instead of curry, we are now in Sandwich Town. It's time to make fucking Subway subs for your Hogies? Pokemon. Yeah. You make... It's this fucking foot long that you stack ingredients on in a little oh mini God. game that you seemingly buy off. from stores. Uh, and... You know, when you finish the sandwich, you feed them to your Pokemon, just like the curry system. There are different tiers of quality that you can make, depending on how good you do. And the sandwiches will give you different bonuses, such as, I wrote them down here, uh, increased XP gain and counter rate battle power in raids, specifically in the example we were shown, uh, or catch rate for specific types of Pokemon. So there was, like, grass type and counter rate up. So you can see do this for like different types of Pokemon. I assume depending on the combination of ingredients that you use. So you, got, you need a tuna salad sandwich to go get a Gyarados. Yeah, right. Uh, for you need like a Jesus. You just need to burn the shit out of it for fire type boosts. Yeah, um, yeah, do yeah, get barbecue chicken to catch Torchic, and he's like, wait a minute, 
Yeah. <laughs> Hang on a second. That's what I was smelling. I got to say, Tyler, you're doing a great job of making this sound interesting, but the words you're actually saying just don't register with me at all when it comes to this game. Well, no one can say I'm not trying, but yeah, you're still... yeah. They they should they should have let you talk about the stuff for the trailer. Yeah, I could. Yeah, I you could do way better I than the announcer the was for sure. Get, Dude, get me as the, famous the voiceover was yeah. like this: was like, "What's our trainer doing now? Yeah. It oh, was. they're making a free grinder for their magmar. Oh, look at Tyler that. Would not, Tyler, would, Tyler, Tyler, Tyler would throw that script away. Like, I'm not reading this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I, I mean, it's just bad. That, Dude, I'm just. I'm imagining like using the 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 Joy-Con to 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 move with motion controls to pick up a single cucumber to put on my sandwich <laughs> yeah. and dropping it. I'm just like like this th- I feel like have you ever seen that interview with um Sir Ian Mc as I think it's uh, Sir Ian McKellen or who who played Gandalf? Mm-hmm. Um yeah. yeah. Is this is yeah, this correct? Right. Okay. I so. so he was in the Hobbit and it was everything was green screen. Yeah. Everything. Mm-hmm. And he sits down and he starts crying. Because he says, this is not why I got into acting. Because he's not even acting opposite other actors. It's just him in a green screen fake reacting to stuff. Yeah. When I see them struggling to put a cucumber on a goddamn grinder in Pokemon, I feel the same kind of sorrow in my fucking soul. I'm thinking, this is not why I play video games. What is this? This is Pokemon? This is the franchise I spent hours on? Well, I'm putting a cherry tomato on my sandwich and it fell out. Oh boy, I better go and pick that up so I can get my, my free booster so I can go get my Torchic over there in that pile of grass and watch him literally materialize from the ground like a fucking sprout. I just like, it's so myopic to me and low quality. I can't believe it's a Nintendo product. I need to get like a ring. I need to be, I need to hop on someone's ring for when their dad walks in their child's room and he's perfectly angling his Joy-Con for a 45 degree cut in his foot long <laughs> and giving it to his Quaxley. It's funny you mentioned that. You have to angle it when you're putting in the from? pin. You have to angle in the pin to hold the sandwich together and it's got a little Eevee on it. It's the same thing. <laughs> it's the meme where it's like, oh, hell no, nah, not my son. And he sees him cutting the sandwich just perfectly to give to his Quaxley. Yeah. I mean, are, you, are you winning, son? And he's like, yeah, <laughs> no. I've almost got the turkey and pastrami on, on rye. I'm so, strange. I'm the, so the, the, the textures I, on the I, bread I look fine, but the textures on, like, all the other ingredients just look like a Gary's Mod pull. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, where have we gone as a society? Yeah. It's, <laughs> like, the mini game just seems so time-consuming. Like, I'd rather just, like not have it in there at all but <laughs> we're not done with the picnics because guess what get the daycare out of here it doesn't exist anymore the way you get eggs in this game is that you have you get them during the picnics they can just show up in a little basket under the table when your pokemon party is out this uh, is, who put it this there? is disgraceful i don't know I, I think canonically in the lore no one actually knows how pokemon eggs are made so oh points for consistency but uh yeah so breeding is not a, a thing in the traditional sense anymore uh I, it's been confirmed by like multiple like leak sites that like this replaces breeding entirely like this, oh god like they have i guess it's another streamlining attempt to just combine these two mechanics into one but i but we got zero idea on how it works like we don't know if it's you know, it must be based on the pokemon in your party but it's the fact. It's got to be something like the roast beef that you get determines which EVs and items you get. <laughs> oh yeah, something like you that. Give the Pokemon. I, it seems like it's completely disconnected from the sandwich system. Actually, it, it, it's just a really weird way, like thing to put into the system. And the fact, like, it see, 
at least for me, it seems like you won't be able to like passively generate these eggs because you'll have to have the two breeding partners in your party, you know? Oh. Or at least like that would make sense, right? If it's if the eggs are coming wow. in. So Pokemon I, I don't know if this Nintendo is so uncomfortable with the idea of people thinking about Pokemon having sex that we've gone from we don't know what happens at the daycare. There's suddenly an egg to look, they went to go eat a grinder together. They went to go eat a hoagie. Suddenly there was an egg. We No one knew how this happened. Yeah, how could this have happened? They just went to go eat a sandwich. <laughs> you're closer to the process happen? than ever in this game. So You gotta wind me and dine me before you can get my Pokemon egg. I'm sorry, there can be no professors in this region if they don't acknowledge that Pokemon have sex to make eggs. Like, I'm sorry, you just, <laughs> you just lose your card. I mean, if any professor's gonna do it, it's probably gonna be these ones, to be honest. Ta- Every- Tyler, Everybody doing, knows what a freak ditto is. God, you're doing a fantastic job of just reassuring my belief in not getting this game. Well, <laughs> let's continue because we're not done yet. We got one last thing for this first Dude, trailer. We, we, we are not going to get off this recording until Thursday. No, we're not. Uh, raid battles are back. Uh, instead of Dynamax raid battles, it's Terrastalized Pokemon raid battles. Fuck uh, yeah. Tell me Very similar. Four-player co-op. You each choose one Pokemon. You go and fight a, po- you go and fight a Pokemon. Uh in the Terra types that these Terra Pokemon have are seemingly more rare. There was like a Chansey that's a ghost type uh, for the one that they showed in the trailer. Uh, but they have drastically changed the raids to be better. Uh, because it's not turn-based anymore. You get to attack whenever you want, simultaneously, whenever, like at any point. You know, that's you, huge. You don't, you don't have to wait on other people. It's very much like Pokemon Go raid battles in that sense. Where you just attack, as, you know, whenever you want to, as soon as you want to, as soon as you choose your move, you just do it, regardless of what the people around you are doing. Uh, how this will affect, like, you know, maybe, like, supporting moves, like, healing moves of your party, I'm not entirely sure. Or, like, helping hand or, and things like that. But uh, we can only speculate on that for now. But uh, you, you know, you do your moves. If your Pokemon faints, you just have to wait, like, five seconds, then you're back in fully restored. Uh, the trade-off to this is that there is a time limit now. Uh, there was a turn limit in Dynamax Raid Battle, so if you like, it went over like 10 turns, you just lose automatically. But now there's just a time limit. So it is very much like Pokemon Go Raid Battles being brought into the main series and changed it a little bit, which I think is fine. I think it's fine. This is better. Yeah, this, this is, is definitely much better, better than... Those Raid Battles. They were so long. Like, it just took so... That was bad. It was bad. Really bad. Glad yeah. they're changing it. I'm glad they're still in, because it's an interesting mechanic. But... Uh, cheering is back, so, you know, cheering to, you know, give your party buffs, but you can choose what cheers you want to do now. You know, it's up to you. You have the initiative. You don't have to just hope that it's a random heal or it might randomly do nothing anymore. Now you get to choose which buffs that you give to your team. It seems like each trainer has a limited amount of cheers that you can do. So in the one we saw, it looks like the trainer had three left. So, you know, you can either choose to do a move or choose to cheer at the right time to restore health or boost stats during a particularly you know challenging point in the raid but it's all just very dynamic and quick and fast and you have to uh, make snap decisions and help your team you can terrestrialize during these battles yourself i don't know if that's limited to one person because uh, we only saw one of the four pokemon terrestrialize it was the uh for that tra- the terrestrialize into a ghost type uh i'm not sure if that's going to be like only one person out of the four can terrestrialize during the battle or if everyone can but you know i have a feeling it's just going to be one kind of like in dynamax raid battles where only one of the four can dynamax during the fight so 
again, have to speculate on that, but it would make sense if it's just the one that gets to choose. It's good changes. It just none of it matters if they don't fix the online infrastructure because I, I never was able to connect to a raid battle. Yeah, in the original, we in Sword and Shield, we have not gotten a look at the online play yet. I hope we do because again, they did it right in X and Y. Like the like they did it perfectly in X and Y. Yeah. It was amazing. It was like they had like friend systems. It was easy to see when people were online. It was great, and then they never used it again, and they went off to even worse systems. Like, just take that and move it here, and no one will have any problems. But, yeah. yeah. It's, it's it's good that they've sped it up and expedited the whole process. It's just we have to wait and see if the online can actually function correctly the way that a paid service should, the thing that Microsoft got right back in 2006. Yeah. Let's see if Nintendo's up to task to beat 2006 Microsoft. With Splatoon's heavy connection issues, yeah, my confidence in that has been diminished greatly. Yeah, that really was quite disappointing, wasn't it? It's still just like it's still happening all the time, yeah. and it's it's just insane, you know. Like I've never streamed that game without at minimum three disconnects. Yeah, it's, it sometimes full crashes. It's ridiculous. Like monster, <laughs> it, it, it's insane. But yeah, that's that's raids, and that was the final thing that they showed in the first trailer. So, any final thoughts before we move on to the second trailer, boys? I just, it's not that what they're showing is bad. It's all good. Mm-hmm. We'll have to see the execution because there's just too many question marks. And to be honest, they've damaged the trust between uh, hardcore consumers, yeah. obviously. Not not the masses, but hardcore consumers. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to root for Game Freak. They just fuck up too much. And it's like you said, with the X and Y example is a really good example. They love to just mess things up. They love to have something great and say, nah, mm-hmm. no thanks. We'll do something much worse next time. Yeah. I feel like Game Freak is playing some sort of twisted game with us, you know? Yeah. <laughs> there, I feel like I feel like I'm being gaslit in a toxic relationship with them. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. Like They're in this such a weird position where they really can do whatever they want, and people will, will buy it. Like I, I mean, I'm. I feel like I'm stuck in that whirlpool too. Like I, I, with just how much I'm, like Pokemon is part of my, you know, almost daily life. I'm in a, you know, extracurricular club for it and everything, and all my friends play it. And, you know, I'm. I'm sure I'm not the only one that's in a similar situation. You know, you said yeah, that you're going to buy it just out of morbid curiosity. You know, that's still money going into their pocket. Just because you want to, you want that. You know, you want that last bit of hope that this is the series that you loved so much before right i guess so they're using hm whirlpool on me they've got me ensnared right it's i'm gonna drown it's in pokemon it, it really is crazy like they they're the biggest media franchise in the world and they can do whatever they want and people will buy it it's kind of terrifying colby i really think you should buy this game and i think you should be in it game. with us colby fuck no. yeah it's a co-op no. game no no <laughs> I've run out of quips. I've run out of quick remarks. I, <laughs> no I, japes, I got, no jokes, nothing. I, I, I got nothing for whatever the fuck you're about to talk about next when it comes to this game. I'm just gonna sit here and. Oh, you're. Oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. Let's just let's get right into it, because you're not gonna believe what happens. Dude, I'm in physical pain listening to you talk about this game. So, next trailer. 
three minutes instead of 14 minutes. Holy shit. I wish I could talk about it for a half hour. Um, so, this trailer is made in the style of, like, a stream or a show. Like, a fictional stream or show within the Pokemon universe. Hosted by the electric gym leader of Lavincia. Uh, is this the, is- um... What the fuck's the Splatoon broadcast? Is it that bad? That basically, ironically, very similar. I actually wrote that oh, down on my notes. Why. We'll get to that. So the electric gym leader of a town called Lavincia in the Paldea region is Iono. I O N O. Yeah, sure. She is fulfilling her second role as a streamer, uh, talking directly to the audience. Uh, she's got long pink and light blue hair, two funky Magnemite hair accessories in her hair that can like pop off her hair and like orbit around her uh and beta orbiters yeah pff, orbit, <laughs> orbiter tier, that's where she stores the tier three subs <laughs> uh, she's a real streamer she's got some beta orbiters over yeah. there giving her those donations every five seconds she's got a big yellow and black jacket with sleeves that are way too long like you don't even see her hands they're just so long uh and with sharp teeth like sharp shark teeth almost uh very peppy uh and the trailer plays out like we're watching one of her streams uh a show called the iono zone uh but she also reports on the weather in this show so i wrote in my notes that she may that she may act more like a splatoon idol and that she's a newscaster but also an entertainer at the same time did i mention that this is fully voice acted like like there is a voice for this character talking to us which and I looked very, I looked very hard for this. I did not see any text anywhere that said this did not appear in game, which happened last time. Yeah, that's, that's last time they made a very specific point to say none of this is in game, but they didn't do that this time. Yes, I, I wrote that down in my notes as well, which means two things, right? Either this is this, you know, is nowhere in the game, like none of this, like show, <laughs> like none of it. It's just marketing. None of it's in the game. Or I hope that's true. Or maybe there is the slightest chance that there is some voice acting in this game. Which... But only her. Which, I was about to say, no one else has been shown to have voice acting in the game. So, I have a feeling it's either just her at a certain point in the game once, or it's just completely not going to be in the game. But... The voice actor honestly kind of gave it their all. Like they were, like the passion was clear in like the tone of the voice. Obviously, it was in Japanese, but you know the voice actor was good. And I, this is just another, just confusing game freak decision. Like, why would you not put voice acting in your games at this stage, right? Like, yeah, because no matter where this is in the game, it will be jarring to go from this to complete dead silence the majority of your playthrough. Exactly. That's weird. Like, in will, this official, Shield... will this officially, like if this is actually in the game, will this officially um, s- clinch the bet of Pokemon has voice acting before Link does? Does this uh, count? I, I think this would definitely count, considering that it's just a, f- like, it's a lot of dialogue. So. Well, then I hope that this is just a marketing tool then, because I have money on Link. I... I have confidence that it is. Like, I do not... Th- I, I, It is my prediction that she will not talk in-game. Just here. In this marketing video. Which... She's talking about the weather. I wonder if she also says other things about the map. Yeah, right. I wonder if when you connect online, if she's a video that plays, that tells you all the updates that are happening with the game. Yeah, she's very VTuber-like. So, yeah. take for that what you will. But, 
Yeah, because in like Heart, Gold, and Soul Silver, if you like opened up your uh, your Poke Gear, you could hear like Oak's talk show talk about different like you know routes and what Pokemon are like surging there. So maybe there are like regular news reports. That would be cool. I'd be down for that. Uh, but yeah, very peppy. Plays out like a show. Uh, and she decides to play a game with her viewers where she hints as to what her partner Pokemon is, uh, because apparently it is unrevealed. So she, at, you know, she gives hints. She asks the viewers to send in questions about what her Pokemon about her Pokemon. She will answer them, and they can guess what it is. Uh, she says that the Pokemon is squishy. It is sluggish, but has an easygoing vibe. Its body expands and contracts to generate electricity in its belly. It's cute. And it has two big round bulges on its head that people mistake for its eyes. Also, it is not a Magnemite. So that's all the hints that she gives us. Ew. Yeah. I do not believe it is a Pokemon that we know. Uh, I have I've seen people speculating that it is the evolution of Pommy, the uh, Pikachu clone of this uh, mm. of this um this generation, which has already been revealed in a previous trailer. Uh, yeah, that sounds just about right. Yes. that sounds right. To so me. that's. That's what a lot of people are speculating, but did I also mention that this is like very well animated as well? Like this, like the production value on this is very high, much higher than like anything else we've seen in the game so far. That also leads me to believe it won't be in exactly. It's yeah. it's it doesn't. It looks way too high quality compared to anything else they've shown us. Like maybe as a video file in the game. Yeah. It, maybe as a video file, but it, it'll be like pre-rendered. Like pre-rendered. You know? be, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's. Yeah, but she leaves the viewers on a cliffhanger. She does not tell us. Uh, she says that, implying that she will reveal the actual answer in a, you know, a subsequent video coming down the line at some point. So before release, I assume. Uh, but yeah, she you know ends off her stream with like a typical, almost like a streamer outro, and she's even got like an outro screen with like a little button where you could subscribe to her channel if it was real, and like a chibi like emotes at the end you know eerily similar to many actual like vtuber streamers in real life uh even though she obviously is just an actual person because poke people in the pokemon world just look like that uh, and then that's the end of the trailer it's just a stream of this gym leader you know teasing about what her partner pokemon is and then that's it so tell, I, I i kind of wonder what the the impetus was for showing this yeah. Sometimes I feel like Nintendo does stuff like this just so they can trend for a day on Twitter, and then everyone talks about them. And then it's kind of like there's these little energy bursts of, like, make sure we appear in SEO mm-hmm. for a certain amount of time. If we haven't appeared in SEO, make sure the graph shows Pokemon here yeah, and here yeah, and here. Yeah. It wants- so there's, like, these concentrated little SEO bursts leading up to release to make sure everyone's just aware of it, mm-hmm. you know? And then people will make podcasts about it. Yeah, exactly. I, it wouldn't surprise <laughs> me. My Twitter feed was just filled with people, like, either – people like hardcore fans saying this was pointless what the fuck or other people saying i love her i love her so much uh and etc and so that's the first wave right and then you're gonna have the wave of artists posting all like their like art and fan art of her and stuff and that's gonna generate a second wave and then you know it's just gonna you know snowball from there what's up colby you raised you raised your hand what is it (laughs) oh no i said i'm the hater my hatred gets me up for this game my hatred's what keeps me going for this franchise. Is, is that right? <laughs> That's right. 
Well, congratulations. I got nothing, man. I got nothing. Like, yeah, my body is sapped of all Pokemon energy. Like, this just... Well, you've you made just, it... You, congratulations, you made it to the end. That is it. You can rest you now. Are, it's okay. You are a grass-type who Terra-typed and used Giga Drain nine turns in a row. <laughs> and that is how I feel right now. Uh, well, I'm sorry to hear that. But we are done now. We have finished all the Pokemon talk. Dude, we've been talking for 90 minutes. How did we, we have, just finish? It's... I mean, every poke, every time we mention Pokemon in this podcast, we talk for a while. Usually, not in a good way. Like when Breath of the Wild is brought, I would like, like to continue can, that trend. It, I, yeah, <laughs> exactly. But you know, now we have like you know, there's so many conflicting views, especially now that like, I, like I'm try, I'm trying to highlight the positives, but we're also being you know, humbled no, you did by great, man. The negatives. You, you did great. You did great. You but did yeah, great it, there's just it. so many like Pokemon is such a contentious topic. It's kind of hard to avoid, especially when you're talking about so much content that is revealed and the the implications it could have on the wider series and on the future of the series and on player enjoyment and reception. So it, I mean, it makes sense. And Morgan, you did a brilliant job of like, uh, you know, bouncing off the points and, and bringing up really good points that I honestly would not have even considered really. yeah no problem it's not it's not even that i hate pokemon or anything like that i just i i i guess it just frustrates me that there's there's so much more i think they could do and game freak in terms of the quality and level of, of content they produce uh they're so at yeah, they're at odds with every other nintendo studio because mm-hmm. i don't like xenoblade but monolith soft is great i mean i know they're great i can see the quality inherent in all their work i can see it immediately yeah I can't say the same thing for Pokemon, even though I play a lot of Pokemon, or I used to play a lot of Pokemon. So it's just like I, I, I want better for Game Freak because I think that the fans deserve better. But maybe they don't. Maybe fans don't deserve better if they just keep buying this. So yes, you know, I love true. This take. <laughs> yeah, it's a good. It's it's not a bad take. It really, I isn't. love this take. But. Does Mister Nutter have anything to add? No, he's just sitting here enjoying all the Pokemon talk. Right, well, tell him, cu- he tell loves him, it. Tell him to cut that out. He he's pre-ordered both copies already. Oh That's God. gross. Well, <laughs> he's gonna. Did you see the new OLED? The Pokemon OLED. Yeah, the Pokemon Switch OLED. Oh Not getting God. that. Yeah. What? That's a, that's real. Yeah. Three hundred sixty clams. This company <laughs> is falling off a cliff. Obviously not. They're making bank. They're probably still climbing. Yeah, they're probably they're probably doing great. Oh my God. Like that number one media franchise in the world spot probably isn't moving anytime soon. No, nah, it's been uh, firmly clinched. For better or for worse. But we we can move on now. We can give ourselves time to decompress from Pokemon and then talk about uh, uh something. <laughs> uh the Mario trailer also dropped. Oh uh, my god, why are we going from depressed <laughs> to depressing? What do you mean? <laughs> it was fine. It was way better than we were expecting. Because they're going to make us talk about the voice. Well, yeah, of course. Here. <laughs> this, looked, th- this looked really good. I was going to say, let me... I will set the scene. Uh, Please do. Paint yeah, the picture. So, for this trailer, guys, for those of you who didn't watch it or have yet to watch it and don't care about hearing it first from a podcast, I don't know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, the se- We start with a sequence of Bowser and his army traveling via their floating fortress uh, to a kingdom made of ice. Bowser handily defeats the army of Mario 64 penguins that inhabit it and burns a whole section of it to the ground with his fire breath, seemingly uncovering a power star. He asks who's going to stop him, to which the trailer replies by showing Mario shooting out of a pipe. (laughs) Uh, Surprised about his new mushroom-filled surroundings, 
Uh, a toad startled him, but beckons Mario to follow him. After the title drop, we see Luigi fleeing from a group of monsters before barely making it to safety inside of a large building, trying to shut the door on his pursuers. Uh, it was a short trailer. That's Fantastic the sort synopsis. Of, thank you. That's the synopsis of it. Uh, uh, my notes are Jack Black as Bowser is fucking fantastic. Chris Pratt yeah. as Mario is not. Uh, Toad sounds pretty good. Uh, Mario 64 Penguin sequence is amazing, and I love it. And the visuals are fucking great. This movie looks really impressive. So those are my notes that we can elaborate on or that you guys can introduce new things to. Did, did you see the Twitter post, the meme that somebody posted where it's George W. Bush when he's at the, you know... When he's at the the elementary school and he was told about nine eleven, yeah. Except it's the it's the penguins and they're being told about what Bowser yeah. did, the, the Ice Kingdom. <laughs> I did see that just today. <laughs> I think we can move on now from this topic. I think that's all we need to be. That's all need to be said. I mean, I mean, yeah, that's, that, that's basically it. I mean, I loved the the such an intense voice they gave to the leader of the Penguin Kingdom. Do you yield? Do you yield? But yeah, Jack Black I mean, really just stepped he's up. Unrec- he's unrecognizable, which is he really. Yeah, well, I listened to it the second time, and I really turned the volume up, and then I could kind of hear it. But he, this is really good. Yeah, he's perfect. He really exactly what I want to hear from Bowser. He was really giving it his all. Like you could again, like this is a concept that's come up in a lot of video game talk recently. Is that you can really feel like when there is passion in like the voice acting of a game, uh, and that that in itself can reflect upon the passion put into the product. Uh, into the project whatever it is uh yeah jack black like you could really feel that you know like he was really giving his all cannot seem to say the same for chris pratt as mario it really sounded like he was just phoning it in and just sort of like going through the motions if that makes it's sense. a little it's a little worse if you've listened to read any of the interviews with him because he talks about how much effort he put into it and how he developed his own unique mario accent for this and yeah I didn't hear it at all. I was like, oh, it's it's Chris Pratt. Yeah. I, I was scared because when he said that, I was like, oh, he's going to go overboard. Yeah. This is going to be no good. But then I heard it, and I was like, oh, it's just Chris Pratt. Yeah, there's the slightest <laughs> tinge of an accent. On the very last line that he says, you can kind of hear it. It's more like, I don't know. It's uh, it's like he – I saw a tweet. It was like, it's like Chris Pratt drank Italian LaCroix before walking into the, <laughs> into the recording booth, and then that he just used Did, that voice. It very much just by Chris the Pratt, way. Though. I just I have to bring this out there. We have got there's a couple things we have to retire from movie trailers. Number one, the percussive hits. Yeah, right. When something is happening. Percussive hits. Stop that. Number two, <laughs> main theme of original thing in slow piano. Do do do. Yeah. No, cut it out, man. It's over. It's officially fucking over. Get rid of it. We need brand new conventions for our trailers. Yeah, we need. Some- I'm, I miss. I fucking long for the days of the '90s in a world. You know, I miss yeah, that shit yeah. because that's way better than this. It's like I can pinpoint every fucking beat in every trailer for anything. Go and put the Rings of Power trailer next to the Mario trailer, and you'll be surprised by the similarities. They're essentially the same thing at this point. Uh, it just it bothered me. No, I, sorry, I, I just had to mention it. Like with the, I don't know, like the like the epic like crescendoing music that just doesn't, you know, it's like oh here's it's so epic. Here's the stakes. We're doing orchestra shit. Uh, but like for the Mario movie, like come on! If anything, this movie is the is the one to get funky within the trailers, right? 
There was like they a, should really have tried to break the mold, but this was a, this is illumination, so it's yeah. Like, what do you expect from them? It's it's gonna be cookie cutter. <laughs> I mean, do you think somewhere Charles Martinet is praying on Chris fucking... Pratt's downfall? Sorry, what'd you say? I was say, do you think somewhere Charles Martinet is preying on Chris Pratt's downfall? Oh, I mean, he's too nice to do that, but he like, should. Such a stupid decision to not just put Charles Martinet as the voice of. Mario I will say af- after he was like where what is this place I'm like that's not terrible but when he said the thing I'm like that's terrible like this is good <laughs> mushroom kingdom here we come <laughs> exactly I thought I actually thought Toad I, I like that voice for Toad that Keegan Michael Key did I think that yeah. fits really well I think Charlie yep. Day's Luigi will be really good obviously Jack Black as Bowser we highlighted I mean I have the take of at the end of the day I don't think the Chris Pratt voice is gonna take anything away from the movie it's just not gonna elevate it unfortunately yeah. whereas like yeah. jack black as bowser's gonna elevate this movie chris pratt as mario is i want to believe him when he said that he really put his all into this but after hearing him pause on before saying koopas like it was a racial slur i don't <laughs> I, I don't know man yeah it sounded like he was say like koopas? held at gunpoint <laughs> like he was like struggling to read the teleprompter in front of the camera he's like i spent years f- uh, stomping what what the uh, Koopas, yep, I remember. Who, who, who put Koopas in ten size font? Yeah, right. <laughs> like it's like you have to whisper Koopas. You can't say Koopas out loud. Koopas, you know, he's a Koopa. Oh, Stop you know? stomping on K asterisks. You know where I'm going with this. And he keeps going. <laughs> oh my god. By the way, did y'all pick up on the fact that this is an origin movie? Yeah, this is an origin story. For who? This is pre Super Mario One. Like Mario was surprised to find himself here. Like Mario is in an isekai anime in this movie. Yeah, he doesn't know how to jump yet. Did you see him stumble over that mushroom? He doesn't know about jumping yet. He hasn't figured out the momentum of the game. Yeah, yet. he hasn't and figured out the momentum engine. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it, it's amazing, honestly, because uh, I don't know if you ever watched this show, but the, it was an old show. It's the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Yeah, uh, hell yeah. And it's just like Mario was a regular ass plumber who gets sucked through a bathtub pipe with Luigi into the Mushroom Kingdom and then saves it, and. I really hope that that's the same origin story here because that's really funny to me that he's just a regular I hope, dude. I hope instead of like finding the stars, Mario's like, forget that. I'm gonna go find Miyamoto and find the code to this game, and that's how. <laughs> what if Miyamoto's at the end? He's like, ah, oh, Mario, my best creation my ever. Son. Come to me, my boy. Yeah. And he like touches the hand of God. Destroys <laughs> the universe. The um, hand of God. <laughs> Come to me, my son. He hands him eight bit code. He's like, here. My creator. Memorize. It's this. like that painting, you know, where they're reaching out to each other. It's, it's just Mario Chris, Miyamoto. Chris Pratt and Shigeru the Miyamoto. Mar- yeah. The Mario movie actually is going to have very intense themes of the nature of creation and sentience and, and living beings. That's what yeah, this okay, is. I'm in, dude. I actually uh, was on a. I was co streaming with a, another streamer recently. Uh, the day the trailer came out. Her audience skews a little bit younger. Mm-hmm. So I can tell you that teenagers and young, young adults, 18, 17, 18, 19, they are pumped for this shit. They are hype. And when I heard I heard a fucking 14-year-old say, this is the Mario movie I always wanted. I'm so happy. I can't believe it. I'm going to pre-order the tickets. And I was like, wow, damn. Yeah. I didn't know. Jesus. I remember when I used to feel emotions like that. That was a long time ago, man. <laughs> Holy shit. That's, that's amazing, hey, dude. Never them. changed, They got that kid. spark still in them. I'm, down, I'm, I'm happy know, for yeah, that. I'm happy for them. Chris Pratt's going to dump water all over it. Yeah, it's going to extinguish that flame real quick. <laughs> Enough of this. Well, they got to just... learn sometime. I saw there was like a game show uh, that that's done on, on YouTube with some incredibly talented people, and it was like, 
uh, the, the prompt was that they had to act out like a video game cutscene transitioning badly into the gameplay, and the two people that were doing it role played Mario and Luigi, where Luigi discovers that Mario has been cheating on Princess Peach, and they set up for like a really intense like fight, and Mario's like breaking glasses and talking shit, and then they just transition <laughs> to you know you know jumping like in the classic style and like doing funny sound effects. I was like, that's the story I, like I want in this Mario movie. But regardless, that's the Mario trailer, everybody. Uh, honestly, better than I was expecting. I was I was very Could scared. And, and the world hasn't ended. You know, the Mayan calendar has been thwarted yet again. Uh, and the release of the Mario movie trailer did not c- cause the core of the Earth to cool and explode. So no, no, the world, the world did end back in 2012. We're just, this is it. This is the end of the world. Oh, this is it. Right this is the. This is what it's it was ha- all it's leading happening to. concurrently. This is the yeah. end of the end of the world. <laughs> this is the sequel. It's uh, wow. I never. It's a slow burn, man. Shit, slow burn. End of the world. You're right. But but yeah, I, I thought it looked good. That was all right. I mean, I'll see it. I was about to say I'm kind. Of, we're kind of obligated to go see it, Colby. So. Way way better than Sonic's first trailer. Well, way back in those. Oh days. yeah, for sure. They they probably learned a lot from that first outing with Sonic. They're probably watching. The what if they're like, doing the like, same thing with the ugly Sonic with Chris Pratt's voice? It's just completely different with the movie. It is actually Charles Martinet on release day. Yeah, let's be, let's 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 start let's start theory crafting. Let's here. let's start let's start that bat, uh, playground rumor. That'd be great. We don't have a lot of those anymore. We got to get one started. Exactly. Well, unless anyone has any final thoughts on the Mario movie trailer, I think that's that's good for that piece of news. I think we're uh, good, yeah. So, we have one last thing to talk about today, uh, which is more going to be between me and Morgan, because, Colby, I don't think you even played... I don't think you even know what this game is. I, really. I When you put these two... When you put this word and the number two together, it just doesn't compute in my brain. So, this is you guys all the way. I was about to say, if you guys are like Colby, then allow me to enlighten you on what happened. Uh, Overwatch 2 just released. Uh, It is a class-based 6v6. Well, used to be. Used to be. (laughs) Didn't this this kill Overwatch 1? So let's go back to the beginning. Overwatch 1 is a 6v6 class-based shooter uh, set in the near future uh, where a team of superpowered individuals comes together to protect the world but are uh, ultimately uh, turned on by the people of the world in various conspiracies being taken down from within and now they are simply uh, a small splinter group trying to reform what they once had Uh, I say that as if there is a real story to this game in the first game there really wasn't and the lore is scattered all over the place but it is a blizzard product so you know that's sort of par for the course Uh, but Overwatch 2 was revealed three years ago, I think, uh, at BlizzCon. Uh, and people were hyped as shit for this. They teased a story mode where you actually got to do story missions and actually play through the story of the game that people liked so much. When you know the, Those who would actually go out and explore the rich lore. Uh, you know, they promised new updates and you know, updated characters. And finally, here we are at the release of the game, and it is only the multiplayer. Uh, the, the PVE is not here. It's not coming until next year. Uh, Did they have um, snow cones at BlizzCon? I mean, that would be thematic, but I don't think so, unfortunately. I, I they just them. had signs everywhere that said, fuck you, pay us. <laughs> I mean, 
Might as well, right? I mean, if you if you were there for like the Diablo fiasco, like the Diablo mobile game fiasco. What you don't have phones? What you guys are telling me you don't have phones? <laughs> yeah, Blizzard has been on a fucking downward spiral for a while now, so this really shouldn't come as any surprise. But welcome to BlizzCon. We yeah, fucking so hate you. This is the official launch, despite half of the game not being here. Uh, and hey, it, maybe they took homage after Mario Super Rush. Yeah. Uh, did you, sorry, did you guys think that this was a sequel? No, 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 no. This is Overwatch 1 with a little spit shine, uh, if that, because guess what? Overwatch 2 overwrites Overwatch 1. You can never go back and play Overwatch 1 if you don't like Overwatch 2, so eat shit and die. Uh, yeah. Also, some new changes. Uh, a lot of characters have been reworked. A lot of characters have swapped classifications. Doomfist, for example, who was a damage dealer, is now a tank. Uh, you can know It's now 5v5 instead of 6v6. So I'm sure that fucked over a lot of competitive teams. Uh, yeah. Because they got rid of a tank role. Uh, it's crazy how limited the scope of the meta of this game kept getting, even in Overwatch 1, you know, where you used to have no limits on what characters you could pick. You could have, like, six Tracers or six, you know, Winstons or whatever. Uh, oh, then that's it was the, like, that's, the, that's the TikTok. Yeah, I know this game. I'm glad that finally jogged your memory. <laughs> Thank God. But, All right. Yeah. Okay. I know what we're talking about. But, uh, you, and then it eventually went to okay. You can only have one character per team, right? So you can't have two of the same character on a team. But you can still have you know like six tanks if you wanted to. Then it was like oh no, never mind. You need to you know there are certain there are limited numbers. You know you can only have certain number of supports, certain number of damage dealers, certain number of tanks. You know so it was like two two tanks, two damage dealers, two supports. There was a whole other classification of heroes, like offense characters and defense characters. They were both smushed together into damage dealing characters. So there's way more of them than any other class. Uh, it was a mess. And now that it's 5v5 instead of 6v6, there's only one tank role. So you can't have two tanks anymore. You can only have one and then two damage dealers, two supports. And that's not even getting into the connection issues and the queue times. Because the queue was like a thousands of players long at one point, and people couldn't even get into the game when it started up. And there were frequent connection issues, a la Splatoon 3. It hey, leave Splat out of this. I, I, listen, it's, it's an, it's an apt comparison, all right? It's n things aren't going well. We're talking about BlizzCon, damn it. Leave Splat out. Like... Here's the thing. If you if you liked Overwatch 1, you'll probably like Overwatch 2, but if you hated Overwatch 1, you will still hate Overwatch 2 because it's the same game. Uh it's um I think what what's really also really invasive is that they ask you for a phone number to play it. Yeah, I I did see that. I I was like I need to try this out, you know, cuz my I you know, Overwatch 1 had a lot of good memories for me. That was a big game that I was into back in the day. Uh, I, you know, some of my friends were still interested in it. They were like, "Hey, do you want to squad up for old times?" I was like, "Yeah, sure." Got in the five hundred person queue, waited until I got to the front. Uh, but then I had to create like a new BattleNet account or whatever. So I did that, yeah. put in my phone number. Like that's weird. Uh, but you know, I still did it to play. And then it, once I was done with that, it kicked me to the back of the queue again, and I had to wait all over again to get actually into the game once I created my account. But yeah, the phone number thing is definitely a little strange, for sure. But again, it's Blizzard. Blizzard is super scummy these days. We really shouldn't be surprised at this point. It's interesting, the connective tissue between 
talking about this whole episode, the, th- the theme is, man, maybe companies shouldn't get away with a lot of this user-unfriendly stuff. Yeah. But then we jump through these hoops and we pay this money to do this. Mm-hmm. It's like we create this reality for ourselves, but also it's to talk about it because we say to ourselves, I can't miss this launch. I can't miss this product. It's part of the conversation. And so it gives a whole lot of leeway to companies like Blizzard and Game Freak to just sort of run rampant on us and do whatever they want. Mm, Overwatch 2 is really a disgrace of a game. It it gets rid of the the tank, right? Yeah. And that is only one that's really only one issue. The other issue is that it also gets rid of a lot of Overwatch 1 maps while deleting Overwatch 1. Mm-hmm. And they've gotten rid of the uh, capture 2 point mode entirely. It's gone. So you, there's less content in Overwatch 2 than there is one. Not, not only that, but it's free to play now. So they have to focus on monetization. The big issue with this is that if you are a brand new player, you get almost all the characters locked. Yeah. It takes 100 games to get them unlocked. 100 games to unlock the base level of characters. Oh. And then to get yeah. new characters, you have to get the level 55 of the battle pass. But guess what? You're not doing shit with that free battle pass. You gotta pay. I played this game for about 12 hours. I'm not even level 10 yet. Holy I'm shit. I'm not even level 10 yet. Good luck, kids. Yeah. You pay up. Pony up if you want the good shit. Because that's the only way you're getting this. Pay, pay money to us while we give you less and you can't go back. This game spits in the face of gamers blizzard blizzcon more like jizzcon fuck this shit blizzard is one of the worst fucking gaming companies in the world right now they're fucking toxic and they're abusive to their fans don't play overwatch 2 don't talk about it on social media don't give them any kind of don't give them any fuel to add to that fire i would buy a pokemon game over an overwatch game any day of the fucking week this battle pass stuff is totally inexcusable man and you know what it's just going to lead to more toxic uh environments in the, in the community because people are gonna say we need you to switch to this meta hero yeah what's a new player gonna do besides pony up i better go buy the character otherwise i'm gonna get yelled at and somebody's gonna call me a racial slur online mm-hmm. like oh it doesn't matter man like i'm just so like fucking beyond annoyed at blizzard for all this shit that they've done i i think that they I, i'm really hopeful once this deal goes through with microsoft I hope Papa Phil comes in and cleans fucking house. (laughs) Cleans house from the top. It's no wonder Jeff Kaplan left this bullshit sinking ship. Mm -hmm. This game is horseshit. It's manure. Don't give it the time of day. And please don't play it on your Switch. The poor Switch sounds like it's going to take off like a jet engine when you play this shit. Don't do it. For the safety of your Switch, don't play this game. (laughs) And for the safety of your own sanity. Did you script that? That was incredible. No. That was a fucking fantastic monologue, Morgan Remington. This is why we bring him on the show, folks, for, for moments like that. You just summed up pretty much everything that I was going to talk about. Uh, yeah, it's bad. It's it's really bad. Colby, after that, what, <laughs> as someone who has no idea what Overwatch is, do you have any, any thoughts that come to your mind after we... I mean... After all that, I think we need to take things in our own hands and go to Irvine, California to meet with the Blizzard execs. <laughs> I mean, don't, don't worry. long overdue visit for for sure. Yeah, Papa um, Phil's going to come over there like the Emperor from Star Wars. He's going <laughs> to... Yeah, Phil Spence. Uh, he's, our, he's our last hope for that company, really. Uh, they've fallen I mean, so far. So yeah, far. Yeah, I mean, it just sounds like a... A disaster. I mean, this this makes Nintendo look like 
ancient Saints. heroes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you would you would worship you would worship um Splatoon three online network connectivity, it sounds like when compared to this. When so. compared to this, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like it's... um I, really it's 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 really unfortunate, honestly, just how um you know, microtransactions and battle royale games, they they kinda just ruined everything, to be honest. <laughs> like Yeah. Like just you know, pay to win. Like I remember back in the Call of Duty Ghost days, um, I had a gun called the Ripper that you'd to pay for and it just fucking melted everybody on site. <laughs> like I was not a good Call of Duty player. I had like a four K D when I used that thing. I was unstoppable. But um yeah, it just sounds like that multiplayer games are just probably at their lowest point in history, to be completely honest. Like I would, just I would because agree with that. They're not fun anymore, just by the sounds of it. They're just not fun anymore. And that's not what it's all about. That's not what Weekend Nights with the Boys it was about. Like, it was about just kicking back, relaxing, having a good time. If you died, it's not because of the game fucking you over because someone has $50 more than you. It, But that's just the reality we live in. And it's really unfortunate because we have these kids who are willing to enter their poor mother's pin number into their <laughs> into their account <laughs> settings to get whatever they want so it's it's a tough scene but you know like is it gonna change no like people are still gonna play this game and all that stuff i you know so it's unfortunate but unfortunately it's just gonna be another it's just gonna be it's a statistic at this point it's no longer a tragedy it's just it's a statistic eventually there's going to be the comeback story watch for these news stories next year a year on, Overwatch has really, you know, changed its its tune. A year on, it's gonna have now a is the time to get into Overwatch. The Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven character arc. It's exactly what's gonna be. Yep. Honestly, the No Man. I think I, No Man's Sky is like probably the biggest example of that. Uh, no Man's Sky, Destiny. Yeah. To be fair, like No Man's Sky and Destiny, uh, at least from what I've read and researched on them, because I think the phenomenon is fascinating, and you know, sad that games just release such in such poor states constantly all the time, but. You know, No Man's Sky and uh, Destiny really made a run of it. Like they really did. Uh, you know, and they have like good fan bases now. But different, different genre. But um, apparently, Final Fantasy Fifteen falls into that category. Bad launch, mm-hmm. but after all the updates and DLC, like passable game. I feel so. like yeah, passable is a good way to describe. <laughs> I was about to say passable is what I've seen online as well. <laughs> but I mean. It's just not you know, I'll give you this, Colby. I'll give you this. I think Final Fantasy VII Remake is better than the last two or three Final Fantasy games. All right, shut the <laughs> podcast down. That's all I came here for. Uh, yeah, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. <laughs> shut the show down. Morgan, you are welcome back anytime you want. Hey, no problem. Uh, I feel like we should end on a bit of a bit more of a high note uh, from all the depressing oh. talk that we've talked about, to be honest. <laughs> this is the old man grumpy podcast. I mean, it, it has to happen, you know, at some point. Like I, the official slogan ought to be "fuck video games." <laughs> yeah, it's that meme. I, it's yeah. that meme I made you. The video games suck. And she's like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, one, that one was good. Uh, I, I still have I, that. Colby, you, you fucker, you really got the nostalgia pumping when the late night with the boys comment because like Overwatch was one of those games for a while for me. Overwatch one when it was you know, like new and exciting and everyone was you know, playing this new class based shooter and it was I don't know. I, I remember having a lot of long nights. Uh, playing with people that I like, I met just all over Overwatch, and I played with for like probably months, if not a whole year, with those people. 
uh, it's just that was me back in uh, in the Gears of War three days, man. Mm-hmm. That was me back. Then. Everyone really ha- everyone has that game, that multiplayer game, uh, that Minecraft. was like that. I feel, I, and I feel bad for the people who come after us. You know, the the younger generation that comes after us. That you know, that's that's not going to be that's going to be harder to find. You know, but like there are people yeah. that think that this is like the greatest game of all time and i'm just like you are poisoned by the modern day it's you like you i feel like that is every that's like every generation's plight at least who when video at while video games have existed right i mean your brother's the same, kind of in the, your, your brother's my kind brother of in is kind of in it the the fortnite uh fall guys trap of, of everyone's like Battle fortnite Royale. is the greatest game of all time and i'm like you have never actually played a video game before you just no, don't know I, I think the problem is that like Fortnite no one wants to everybody wants to be like Fortnite but they don't want to put the work in because I don't like Fortnite in general I don't like looking at it but if you look at the monetization scheme and if you look at the microtransactions and events and updates other developers are not doing the same thing yet they're not doing it to that quality mm-hmm. Fortnite is still the barrier to reach and they don't reach that you know the the battle pass for Overwatch 2 does not have in-game currency in it yeah so what the fuck are we like, dude? So this is a worthless battle pass. So you might as well never buy this ever. What that tells me is greed. Greed is the overriding force that dominates their game development decisions, and it's really disgusting to look at, and it's disgusting to participate in. Which is why I don't want to be a part of that anymore. I, I I've it's already been uh, dropped on my stream. It's it's gone forever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like Fortnite, despite anything that you might say about it. It offers value to its customers. It offers value, and I think they're still the number one to beat, as annoying as it is. Even if, you know, the, I think the case could be made that, it, it, like you said, Colby, it does kind of poison the mind of, of some gamers because it's like this is what we're supposed to want mm-hmm. is this constant dopamine rush that we're chasing. Long gone are the days of the server browser and just vibing with the boys. Long gone oh, yeah, are those, those days. Gone. Now we're talking about... Now we're talking about I have to get to level seventy of the battle pass yeah. to pay for the next battle pass. Like, you know, like there's so many time stuff. limits, right? Like you have to get to this, you have to constantly be striving for like a specific. But like even game. even sports games have it now. Like Madden and two K, it's it's everywhere. Arguably, some of the worst offenders are the sports games. Two oh, K is criminal. Like like the, hey, I was gonna say Halo has fallen into the monetization trap. Infinite's monetization is horrid. But yeah, like, yeah with, like like with Fortnite, theoretically, you buy one battle pass. There's enough currency in there to buy the next one. You know, so no, you the, yeah. It, it, I, like that, that I feel point, like that. Like, I think that continues to this day. Is that that still scheme? So I was gonna make yeah. that point where like yeah, I think Fortnite in general, like as a whole, is bad for the gaming community. But Epic Games works their ass off and they make it work, which is something to be commended. This is true. Definitely, this is true. Well, shit. Does anyone have anything to lighten the mood? Because <laughs> I'm I'm out of I'm out of nothing content. To light, I mean, nothing to lighten the mood, but I can definitely sour the mood further. Oh, really? <laughs> Why is that? I fucking cried real tears over a video game for the first time, and I can't remember how long. Oh yeah, that's right. Xenoblade Chronicles Three got you got you in the feels. Oh my god, dude! I the perfect it was a perfect wave of emotion. I did not expect it to happen. It was thirty minutes of just complete despair. And then thirty minutes of just unbound tragedy. I mean, that's and not then, souring the then, mood necessarily. Then, that's a good. That's the hallmarks of a good story. And then thirty more. And then thirty more minutes of what the fuck is going on. 
and then everything after that's been great. But yeah, man, that the script for that review has already been started. I haven't finished the game yet, but holy shit, like it's number. I put it number seven temporarily on my favorite games. I think I think it's going up. To be honest, Jesus. Do you, do you think it's better than Xenoblade Two? I've never played Xenoblade. He's 2. never I played. Xenoblade, I think it's better than Xenoblade One. Oh, okay. All right, interesting. I mean, I want to. I, 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 I want to play two because I've played three, so I might as well go back and play two and just play the whole trilogy. But I've only ever heard not great things about two. It's got Pyra and Mithra yeah. in it. How bad can it be? That's what I'm saying. Every time I hear, every time I hear the word Pyra, I just think of Pyrometra, the fucking like sickness that dogs can get. I think of Sakurai. <laughs> of course, the legend. Because he said he said Pyra was his best girl, and you know. I had that so wow. I think first. He's got a type. He they said he's they, they said he's cultured. I'm like, sure. <laughs> Go watch his YouTube channel, by the way. It's great. He he got a, like he's already on his play buttons. Like he's speedrunning this YouTube shit. Sakurai is. When do you think when do you think his cat, I, when do you think his cat's gonna get a channel? Oh, it's gotta be soon, <laughs> right? Like he he the Sakurai twi- cat channel exactly. Those Twitter it's videos the, bang. It's like a, it's like not a real like it looks like it's not a real the cat. perfect cat. Like it's, it doesn't look like a real breed of cat. It's so. If I wanted adorable. to give anyone the perfect cat, it's Sakurai. Uh, yeah, Sakurai deserves it. He deserves. But, it. Well, he he did the balance uh, notes for that cat. He patched, he patched that. Cat. Yeah, oh, yeah, he patched his yeah. cat. <laughs> he, he, perfectly, he, he perfectly balanced cat. He wasn't. He wasn't working long hours to get sorted, and he was working long hours to perfectly code his cat. It's a meta yeah. defining cat right there. It yeah. really is. But. Well, we're at the two-hour mark, boys, so... I can't wait to edit this. Do, <laughs> do you guys you guys have anything else you'd like to talk about before I think we wrap it up for today? If we really do want to end on a lighter note, let me just talk very briefly. I'll keep it very hey, brief about the game I was playing recently. Go, nah, go man, for it. We've been there for two hours. What more is another four? <laughs> what you got, Morgan? Um, have you heard of the Capcom Arcade Stadium Collection? I have. I have. Okay, it's a, it's on the Switch, it's on the PS4, Xbox, it's everywhere. I have been getting really into retro games recently, and I can't tell you how many gems I have fucking found in this collection that I've never, ever heard of. And I consider myself particularly observant in terms of video game history. Oh, interesting. There's stuff in here from Japan only I've never, ever seen in my life. Shoot 'em ups mm. brawlers, all kinds of games. Really good stuff. I would highly recommend anybody check out capcom arcade stadium and there's a sequel now too. capcom arcade stadium second because even if you don't know or care about older games i really do think anybody of any age can really get a lot out of it with infinite quarters you know infinite continues mm-hmm. you just play this it's just it's like a it's like just it's dipping your head into a vat of just pure positivity like my my stream was just really chilling, sitting back and just talking about all manner of shit. And then I was banging my head against the wall playing Ghosts and Goblins. So <laughs> it was really great. It was a really great time. So consider checking that game out. It's what I've been playing recently. Well, shit. There's your Pinecone Pick of the Podcast episode, folks. Yep. Check it out on nice 12-hour stream. All platforms, apparently. Uh, I'm I'm a I can't really call myself like a true gamer because I'm really bad at like old games. Like when I go back, like all of my like skills we're modern goes day. Out the window. We're modern. We're modern day gamers. Like I, I tried playing like Mario sixty four when that that whole collection came out. Even that fucked me up, uh, pretty bad. As opposed to like Galaxy, which I jumped right into and immediately, like, it was like I was going home. So, 
but recently the Mega Man, like the the retro Mega Mans, like one through ten, have piqued my interest. And I know there's a collection on the Switch, so uh, that that oh, yeah. might be something I get. I don't think X is on the Switch yet, is it? Yeah, oh, it is. Okay, well, they have an X collection and a regular Mega oh, Man collection. Shit. All right, I, I think it was because I was watching like speed runs of Mega Man of like the original Mega Man's Mega Man games, and I was like, shit, that's something that. I think I would have enjoyed if I grew up in that in that era. That that they're, seems like something I would like. They're challenging, but they're fair. Yeah. Well, that is that is very positive. Going back to the good old days, you know, remembering what came before and why we like, you know, what gaming can instill in us feelings of joy and excitement. Uh, whereas, you know, in a world today where many of them do not anymore. <laughs> so yeah, thanks for that, Morgan. I think that's a good way to. It's a good way to bookend what we've been talking about today. A little, little peak of optimism. You, just my style, Morgan. I like it a lot. But it comes with practice, of course, and experience. I'm sure. But yeah, with that, everybody, I think that's a good place to end uh, the episode. Let you all get back to uh, your daily routine or whatever else you were doing while you had this on in the background. Uh, if you want to support the podcast the best way to do that is to leave uh, a rating or review on whatever platform you're listening to direct feedback is the best kind of feedback and it helps us directly see what you guys think and, and want out of the podcast which we greatly appreciate uh, of course you're also free to uh, interact with us directly on all our social medias which will be linked in the description down below uh, as well as uh, morgan's as well uh, you'll be able to see more of his stuff there uh, we definitely recommend it he is fantastic uh morgan do you have any you know any closing thoughts any uh plugs that you would like to put uh yourself at the end of this here episode um if you go to twitch.tv slash intergalactic pinecone it's got all my links there for my twitter and my youtube i actually put a lot of work into getting clips and full playthroughs up uh, in addition to youtube shorts so it's actually a pretty nice little collection there it's not just a vod dumping ground there's a lot more to it than that so consider checking that out if you enjoyed any of this. I don't want to call it nihilism, but uh, maybe constructive uh, discussion, disillusion. Maybe. Yeah, constructive criticism that I've uh, dispensed today. I, I I love retro games. It's just that sometimes when when you play too many modern games, you start getting mired in the the minutia of all the inner workings and politics of everything today. And it's good to sometimes take a step back to when things were a lot simpler. There was a lot less moving parts. That's why I find that to be such a refreshing thing. So, uh, you know, peace out to everybody. Peace to all humans on the planet Earth. Of course, of course. And, of course, Colby, do you have any final <laughs> thoughts for us before we close uh, out today? Not really. Uh, just thank you, Morgan, for coming on. Uh, like I said, this is, a work, this is a work in progress, but finally happy to have you on for a 125-minute discussion. But, <laughs> yeah, you've been a great guest. Thank you so much for your time. Um yeah, just keep up the great work. Great friend, great person. Happy to see you succeed. So we're looking forward to growing with you along the way. All right, with that, again, one last thank you to uh, all of you who have stuck with us to the end of this episode. Uh, our secret audience, we like to say, those who listen Please all the way to watch. the end. Please say watch. Please say watch. Hey, I probably would have if you didn't <laughs> remind me. But thank you all so much for listening today. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, again, thank you to Morgan for, for coming on. I don't know why I gestured in my own actual physical spaces if he was right next to me. Uh, thank you once again for uh, 
coming on and, and talking with us and shooting the shit. We really enjoyed it. Uh, again, go check out links below. Uh, there's some great stuff coming down the pipeline on uh, you know our side and his. So we'd really appreciate it if you checked it, the rest of it out. But yeah, thank you guys so, so much. And we will see you next time. Have a good one, gamers. Thank you.